I lost my voice for a second. <clears throat> I'm sorry about that. So, greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to an episodic discussion of Resident Evil Outbreak. We will be talking about the entire franchise, uh, talking about, well, at least File 1 and File 2, and maybe some File 3 questions thrown in the mix. I am your host, Renegade Operative, and I would like to introduce my panel. So, first we have Immortal Brando. Hello, you filthy zombies. I'm ready to blow your brains out with a shotgun, and uh, your brain matters be all over the place. Uh, next we have Bio Double Dom. Hey, how's it going? I can't wait to talk about how my life is shit. Oh my god, get out. <laughs> a bit of a gym reference to Outbreak mm -hmm. File 1. He like, goes like, my life is shit. <laughs> like, next this isn't more depressing when you're in File 2, so... I, yeah. yeah, I heard they changed the actors as well, but that's a whole nother story, so... We'll get that. I want to introduce Harold. Hi. I can't wait to talk about Mr. X. Next, we have Black Shadow. Yeah, howdy all. Shadow here. I, I figure probably, out of any podcast I ever do about anything on Resident Evil Suits, this is probably the one I'm most qualified for, having played this for years, and literally streamed it for six hours just earlier today. So, that's a good way to start. And last but not least, we have our guest here, which is Gothian Games. Goshen. That's fine. Just Goshen. Oh, Goshen. Okay. Yeah. I'm the guest. Is that how that works? Yeah. Apparently. You're, you're, you're our we're first guest. Well, you're, I mean... You're the guest of honor. You're the guest... Am, wait, whoa. Why am I a guest of honor? You're the guest that's new, so that makes the most sense, because everyone here is acquainted. Okay, I guess that does make sense. So we're going to um, finally do the document here, and we're going to start with the first question. So let me see. Let me open this up real quick. I'm professional. Let me open this up. Okay. What is your general experience with Resident Evil Outbreak? How did you stumble across File 1 and File 2? Who wants to go first? I'll, I'll go first. Uh, 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 well, you, me, I don't, I don't mind. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Um, so actually, I haven't, like... The way that I got a hold of File 1 was through Resident Evil Essentials Collection. Um, that was a collection that contained Resident Evil 4, Outbreak File 1, and Resident Evil Code Veronica on PS2. Uh, at the time, I was like very new to RE. Um, my friend... Like, I've seen my friends play, like, RE5, and I played a little bit of it, but I was, like, fucking ass at it at the time. And um, after that, uh, another friend of mine had shown me RE4, and I had played through that like pretty much from start to finish, but I didn't own the game, and that was something that I really wanted to own. And I figured, well, since this like little like package or whatever came with two other games, might as well. Uh, of course, I was not good at Code Veronica, uh, and I'm still not good at Code Veronica. I haven't even beaten it to this day, but uh outbreak was kind of an interesting thing because like online was just not really a prevalent thing back in the day like on like ps2 like it was there but like not many people really like delved into it as much as they did once like the ps3 360 um and so on and so forth had started like rolling out um so that's how i got a hand uh like got my hands into file one um i tried playing it solo sucked ass like like whatever you do if you're gonna play outbreak just don't play with the ai um then many years down the line uh 
I got into Outbreak again uh, through the emulator that we recently played on the channel. Mm -hmm. So I played both File 1 and 2, and surprisingly, I feel like playing... When I played fi uh, File 1 for the first time, I really didn't give it a fair shake because I was only basing my experience off of offline play. But after playing it through emulation and with, like, friends, it's actually a lot of fun. And it's uh, really interesting to go through, like, trial and a trial and error to figure out, like, how to progress through each stage and what's the best, like, characters to use per scenario and stuff like that. I think it's worth probably giving a huge shout out to all the folks over at obsrv.org. They're all the guys that are responsible for um, setting up and maintaining these, all the um, the fan-made servers that runs this game, basically. I think it's worth giving them a hell of a shout out because they've been doing it for years. They've gradually had to refine the process and they do an amazing job and let people even now get to experience the game for brand new. So a huge shout out to them. Uh, I suppose what I'm here, I might as well talk about my, I suppose, me. Um, I've got to go back to about 2006, yeah, I think it was. Um, so I had played plenty of Resident Evil games up to the point. Um, I was a bit behind the curve, though, in regards to, like, getting new games, that sort of thing. I think it was about 2006, I'd sort of had some bit of money. I was doing a couple of little side bits and pieces while I was doing school and whatever else. Uh, wanted to get hold of something brand new, um, something to get my teeth into, and went down, I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, Game Station, I think it was, before they shut a few years not too long after that um and went in there was looking around a few titles on ps2 and i was like ah outbreak unusual i hadn't heard of it before so i looked at it for this is interesting asked around sort of the few people i had in my sort of closer gaming circle none of they would played resident evil none of them have ever heard of it i was like yeah well i'll get hold of this um see what i make of it um i think it's a game where people's mileage vary especially offline which is of course all that typically people had when the game first came out um Outbreak was one of the games that was very, um, I wouldn't say it was a trendsetter or groundbreaker as such, but it came in that area where online game was very new. Uh, this is before sort of like, you know, Xbox sort of live had already sort of taken off with all the Halo stuff and that sort of thing. This is a little bit before that. It was still very experimental. Getting online set up anywhere was difficult. You needed a variety of cables. In Europe, you couldn't even do it. It was physically impossible. Uh, they never... Um, it was only available in the States and Japan did the consoles have the software capable of actually doing online play. So all of my stuff, um, all of my stuff was played offline. And yeah, I, I personally enjoyed it a lot um, for what it was. Um, I always kind of dreamt of a day where I could eventually play it online. I thought that'd be great. Never obviously happened. Um, kind of touch upon it every now and again up until I think it was about 2014, 2015, I believe it was, when I got introduced to the emulator side of things. And then the servers at OBSRV uh, via some folks that I knew. Um, finally got the opportunity to play the game online, uh, record the series, was absolutely great fun. And I've been playing it online ever since. I still do streams. I'm doing streams at the moment with a randomizer I've made for the game. Um, it's a significantly better game. Uh, online than it is with the AI. It's not that they're, they're terrible, although they have their moments, but it's just, it's not the same. Um, you know, actual living people as such sort of playing alongside, being able to cooperate with them, it, it totally transforms this game. Um, and anyone who ever gets the opportunity to um, to get this set up on an emulator and have a crack with the servers, I think most people would enjoy it. The one downside to it, though, is it's a game that I think is, it's unfamiliar when you first touch upon it. Um, it's it's a concept you know in Resident Evil, but it's everything's live, and that takes some getting used to. And to be fair, the game can get really hard as well when you go across the hard difficulties as well. So 
but that's my experience of it. Like it's, I've, I don't know how many hours I've sunk into the series lifetime, but it's, it's probably too much. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go real quick because my answer is not really that elaborate. I would say that I've played this game because I simply just decided to go back and download the emulator like everyone else. Um, and especially go back to the outbreak forums and play this via co-op. I played it solo the first time and it's like Dom said, I was really bad and I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing or anything of that matter. So playing it with friends was infinitely better in my opinion. I really did enjoy it from what I played and I can kind of see where people are coming from where they really enjoyed the co-op aspect and they would like to see that stuff happen again in future titles because it was so good in this game. And I keep hearing, you know, it was a product of its time and how it could thrive in an online environment like today. So I think Outbreak is just really good for reliving and going back and experiencing that first time where RE decided to take it to the online approach. I think, I think there's a reason that 15 years later, there are people saying, ah, shouldn't have done Resistance, should have done File Free. We'll get into that later on, of course. Yes. But there, there's a reason, there's there's a definite reason why people, some people say that, because it, you know, people, I mean, I look at it and think, if the game had come out, say, 2009, 2010, when online was actually properly established, like, it could have been so, so far different. Instead, it was what it was. Yeah. Um, and was almost almost a view of what could have been, which, of course, is one of the greatest teasers in video games. I also remember you know, seeing, uh, go ahead. I was saying, you know, um, I think it's a good thing it came out the time frame it did, though, because if it came out in current year, arguably, debatably, it would have been a much better game because it would be more polished, though, but it wouldn't have the same um, cult following as, as it has today. It's a good point, yeah. The argument is that obviously there was then suddenly some, so many more games around, so it would have been more competition. Yeah, there's, there's a fair argument with that. Um, and ultimately, its mechanics and the way it works is a bit niche. I don't know if that's a fair word to use for it. It's 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 very particular, um, and even now with say with the, the family online servers, and you play online, there are certain bits that still don't work too great. But that's just the way it works, you know. Everything has to be run by the Japanese version of the game, so you have to get it translated. Some of the setup for online, you still have to go through some Japanese menus, so you have to follow guides for that sort of thing. So it's still not still not ideal. Um, but I, yeah, it's one of those, one of those great unknowns. You'll never know. And we will never know. Even if the game was remade file free for like 2022 or whatever, we still would never know as such. But, yeah, even but, you know, even um in this day and age, a lot of people are just the trends change all the time. So back then it was like, yeah, we had a lot of co-op games. Now these days we got like a lot of competitive battle royale types of games. So I think it would be refreshing to see once again, but we'll get into that later. But I just think, I remember also seeing Outbreak uh, plastered in Game Informer because I do remember uh, they had advertisements with the burning um, sword of Bar. And it had, I forget what it's called, but I do remember seeing it and I think Kevin was standing with another character and I was like, oh, this is very interesting, unfortunately. About, um, when they're like out in like the main like street, this is like in the- It's the uh, first Outbreak, scenario. yeah, it's the first Outbreak yeah, scenario. I think it's like the raccoon city like theater sign it's like on the ground and like everything is burning because that's like at that point in the scenario where you have to set up uh, like a detonator and you have to blow up that whole street because because of how much uh 
Yes. How many zombies yeah, are like outside? Yeah. yeah, that was the first advertisement I saw, and that kind of interested me as well to get into the game. But back then, I think the only reason I didn't get it was because I was busy with Co Veronica at the time. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was all very very similar time frame, all of this sort of stuff. And then obviously RE4 came afterwards, and then the rest is history, as they say. Yep. So I uh I guess I'll go next. Mm-hmm. Man, it. Resident Evil Outbreak was a really weird game for me because when I first had experience with it, I literally had no idea like about Resident Evil as a franchise, as a series. Uh, wow. Which is, which, yeah, it's really odd because, you know, Resident what Evil... What a Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, I actually just happened to be at a friend's house. We were we were hanging out. It, was, it had to have been like 12, 13, maybe even more years ago now. It, it was a long time ago, and I happened to be playing on his PS2, which he had just, I guess, been playing Outbreak. I actually played that game. I think it. I think it still had online back then, um, or something like that. And I, I seem to remember playing it. It always stuck out to me because it was like there's nothing. There wasn't really anything quite like Outbreak in my mind, and it always stuck out to me. And I never caught the name of the game. And it wasn't until I found out about Resident Evil as a franchise that I really got a chance to sit down and play it myself, like full, like full term. Uh, but. Yeah, no, I there really isn't, and there really kind of hasn't been anything like Outbreak, in my opinion. And my my first impressions of it were, you know, wow, this game's cool, and my impressions of it now are still, wow, this game's cool. You know, it, it's it's one that I think, while it has some problems, it has stood the test of time, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Um, it's like side of it here but like with the channel i do outbreaks like one of the biggest things that i do on my channel and it's like even when i first did it about five years ago the amount of people who knew the resident series so well and i started outbreak and they're like i've never heard of this game so it's fascinating knowing someone that that was where they started and that was their first entry point in the series it's 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 almost mind-boggling to me it's, it's very impressive yeah you're, it's you're, just a, you're a small small community <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I, I guess I'm just really a victim of uh, circumstance, really, because, like, I, at that time in my life, I didn't really have, like, a PlayStation system or anything like that. Um, my first Resident Evil game was late, way, like, a bit later on when I played Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. And, and, like, but my first, like, Resident Evil game I actually did genuinely play was Outbreak. And so it, it's kind of weird because I didn't even know that was a Resident Evil game until way later. All right, I guess I can go. Actually, my experience is very limited, um, hands-on at least, as um, I actually did play it on the on the um, emulator though. But that was before I I wiped all the information on it because uh, I had to do a cleanup and I forgot to put it on. But later I will reinstall everything though. But uh, yeah, my experience is just going through the first two scenarios though. But from at least like from word of mouth though, I think I was watching Survivor Horror um, Network or carcinogen play the game and it piqued my interest after that i just dabbled into the lore behind it and yeah i wish i would got more out of it anyone else on this question before we move on to number two I'm done. Go ahead. uh well i mean so i've been playing resident evil since the first one and a friend of mine i didn't even know outbreak released and a friend of mine, he's like, hey, you're a big Resident Evil fan, right? I'm like, yeah. And, you know, this was obviously before Resident Evil 4. And, like, I was playing Resident Evil 3 so much, I got laser disc burns on my Resident Evil 3 copy. 
So he's like, hey, look, this new Resident Evil game came out. You want to borrow it? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, here, this one. And he shows me Outbreak. And I'm like, what? what is this? I'd never heard of this game. He's like, it's an online Resident Evil game. I said, no way. Are you kidding me? So I go and I play it, but my internet sucked back then. I was on freaking dial-up, so I wasn't able to actually play online. So I was stuck to playing, uh, you know, with the AI and everything. And just as you guys said, that playing with the AI is not really the optimal way to play. So my first experience with Outbreak wasn't really that great, just because going from the original trilogy to, you know, to then Outbreak, it, it just felt weird. It was a kind of jarring transition. And I hadn't played Code Veronica yet because Code Veronica, you know, it's on the Dreamcast. I didn't have a Dreamcast. So I was kind of in a weird spot with Outbreak when it released. And it like I never actually got the chance to play it online. Even even now, I just never got around to even playing the emulator for for Outbreak. Um, but it was it was interesting in the sense that I went from Resident Evil 3, which shows us the the outbreak in the intro for the game and then me thinking oh how cool would it be to play a game that takes place during the outbreak because when you play as jill in re3 it's a little bit after the initial outbreak mm -hmm. so then you have the actual game outbreak and it's like oh wow this is actually what i wanted but just the ai just it felt so weird and like you said going the transition when you with the menu system that you're used to in the original games to then go into this one where it's live it's it takes a lot getting used to and i didn't really have a lot of time with the game initially because again it belonged to my friend now i own both copies but it's uh it, it's just one of those things where it's like i didn't get to fully experience the game the way it was meant to be played because uh, internet limitations back then this game was just it came out too soon, in my opinion. I, I feel like, even though some of you guys might have said that if it would have come out a little bit later, maybe it wouldn't have been as popular, wouldn't have had a cult following. I think the PS3 era would have been a good era for this type of game. And I would love for them to remake the Outbreak series. And I thought, and I'm sure many people did, that Resistance was going to be Outbreak. But yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer with that. To be quite honest, though, because like, it would it would not be as you no know, occult status today, though. But it would be more easily accessible and potentially, debatably more popular if it came on PS3 era, right? So there's really no right yeah, or wrong answer yeah. in that regard. Yeah, and and I think that's what I'm getting at. Because I mean, look how many times they've ported out, you know, Resident Evil Four, Resident Evil Five. You know, like if it if it would have came out on the PS3 era, Xbox 360 era, it could have potentially been ported out to PS4 and, you know, PC and all of that. Or the, the, rea the reality is, sorry, yeah, the, the reality is, someone has to go first with these sort of things. Um, someone has to do something new first, and it was Resident Evil Outbreak, you know, there's other things, you know, yeah. that and stretching out, and it was one of those ones, and it's all, for, yeah, it would be nice if someone else had done it first and got the kinks out, but Outbreak was the game, one of the few games that really kind of tried it first. Um, and as you can see, there was definitely, it was difficult to implement because it was still a very limited feature. So, you know, which goes to show how hard it can be, especially back then, 15 years ago. Completely different to what it is now. Right. All right. So we're moving on to question number two. So, Brandon, can you read that, please? Indeed, I can. Sorry, I'm talking about fans. It's actually hot. Um, what is your favorite scenario in Resident Evil Outbreak? 
Oh, actually, I have two scenarios actually. Um, one is actually the outbreak scenario, the very first one in Foul One, because uh, is it reminds me of like a Resident Evil Three, obviously, because no, it's the outbreak. It's going shit happens, right? Uh, I love that scenario a lot. Just seeing how it begins, then you gotta fight your way through all that shenanigans, right? The second one, which is is probably a no brainer here to some people, but I love the zoo um scenario in Foul Two. Wild thing. It's just. <laughs> Yeah, because it's so uncanny to see a giant elephant trying to murder you that is mutated from the T-Virus. The sad thing is that's not the worst thing in the, in the zoo trying to kill you. That's no, it's, it's not. It's the tigers. It's the stupid yeah. tigers. I the bees. Them. The tigers, the bees, the, the bees was, uh, two cons. Yeah. Lions. Um, I think there's also hyenas in that scene. There are some hyenas. You've got the alligator. Yeah. Um, you know, there are no it's... tigers, which that yeah. would have been even more fucked up if we had to do I mean, the, the, the cute fight. part of that scenario is that there are two different alter... there are two different boss fights you can take on, which you can sort yeah. of semi-control, which is a nice touch. Look, um, they're they're yeah. in the same food group, so I fucking hate tigers, lions, whatever. Just as soon as they came out of that truck, <laughs> I, they're big so, fucking cats. Oh, you opened the truck. Oh, that's yeah. You don't. Yeah, you we don't did go near that truck. We you did open the, the truck and fell for the trap. Oops. Uh, I I don't know who opened it, but they did come out, and I I was so scared. They open it themselves whenever you go near. They just open it themselves. Wow. The trick is you can you can go around the outside to get the herb. It's a bit dicey. Um, and if you go too close, you, you let him out, and it's yeah, pretty bad. Surprise, motherfucker! That's essentially what I have. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think uh, of my favorite levels, and uh, well, I, I guess favorite scenarios for me would be uh, I kind of did like Hellfire, just it had the right amount of like going through rooms and puzzles, and also um, fighting the boss at the end, which is the thick Regis liquor that you got to yeah, shoot. It's quite an old school sort of chapter actually there's a lot of backwards and forwards and yet it's mainly just one big puzzle you're trying to solve um which is kind of very unlike a lot of others there are puzzles talking about but yeah hellfire is just one big puzzle and plenty of backtracking so very old school and i i also really like the level i i don't know the name but it's the one where you're in the woods and you have to deal with the x-men that'll be flashback yeah uh, yes, flashback was great. woods it was great because um you got the opportunity to see that there's like sort of like a slasher villain after you with an axe and you gotta try to run around him and also kill the plant at the same time so i thought that was it kept you on your toes with a lot to do especially dealing with him and uh, the rest of the enemies in the environment one of the scenarios that has um a lot of the scenarios have got sort of like little back plots um flashback has a huge back plot of what's going on in fact that the um obviously spoilers here everyone um mm -hmm to be expected uh so yeah flashback is a, an old abandoned hospital and there's a giant plant growing through it uh, now it ends up turning out that it was a woman um who had come to the hospital and it was like infected with the virus or whatever else and basically kind of mutated um end up getting sort of interwoven with all the plant life around end up becoming this giant massive cocoon thing and it turns out that the axe man is actually her husband who thought that he had to keep her alive and then starts like hunting hikers down Sort of luring into the hospital, killing him, and effectively feeding him to to her. It's then um, there's all sorts of stuff. Um, Alyssa, who won the playable characters, like her colleague, went to the place. Kurt went to the hospital earlier um, in order to do um, sort of investigate into what was going on. There was police con conduct, all sorts of stuff. There's tons of files around, all sorts of information, and that's one thing I like about the game. There's, a, there's quite a lot of attention to little details in lots of little plots. Um, on quite a lot of these, uh, decisions, decisions is another one. 
Uh, End of the Road is another one, which is you know, which is nice to appreciate because this is a game that did not have to. They could just been all about the action going on, but there's there's a lot of cute plot, plot around. Flashbacks are a good example. I think we're 100 percent positive that old man in the beginning he was the axe guy, right? Where you're following? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is him. Yeah, ow. He's the axe man. You follow him into the woods, and then all of a sudden, when you're finally inside the abandoned hospital, there he is, just all yeah, different. Yeah, when you get the true ending for flashback, um, it shows you everything. That it shows that it is actually him, and it makes you realize that it is actually his wife. Uh, but you have to like escape the, the the hospital by killing the boss in the first place, and then you have to take out Axe Man while you're on your way out, which is tough because the place is collapsing around you. But if you can do that while well, before getting out, you get the true ending. Wow, I don't think we ever did that. I think we just left. Yeah, most people do. I think, um, I think there we is also left and he takes off his mask and just dies in that boss room. But more or less, yeah, more or less. Um, there's also I'll throw this out. There's actually even a totally a different way of leaving the level. Uh, you might remember there's a bridge that collapses. Um, when you go to the hospital, the bridge you took to get into the hospital collapses. I don't know if you might remember that or not. I do remember that. Yes. So. If you actually don't cross the bridge, and I've tested this on online mode, on solo you just spend X amount of time, uh, but on online, if someone goes into the hospital, but if uh, there's a people that are still on the other side of the bridge when it collapses, it opens up a completely different event chain of escaping the forest. That some extra areas become available. There's a woman around who's wounded looking for a daughter. You can help find her. You've got to go back to the cabin to find her. She'll give you some weapons. And there's a completely different way of escaping the level. It's, it's really cool. It's hard, though. It's very, very tough because all, all the zombies turn into scissor tails. And there's a bridge with invincible enemies. It's, it's all kinds of ugly. But a lot of people don't know about that. It's very, very cool. That's very interesting. I don't think we ever done that run before where no. people were on the other side before the bridge collapsed. Yeah, typically you wouldn't do that. You just go into the hospital, but there is a as an, as an alternate way of completing the level if you are still on the bridge for some reason. Very cool. But to bring it back to favorite scenarios, anyone else want to go? I'll go. Good. Uh, in regards to favorite scenarios for me, it it is honestly flashback. I think it's I don't know. It's it's very unique with the axe man and all that. I I think, and I also just kind of like the like general like look of the level. Like it has this really. I, I don't know. It doesn't have like that overgrown kind of look to it inside the building, if I'm not mistaken, or am I misthinking? Because kind of does, yeah. Because the, 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 it's it's decrepit. It's been abandoned for like yeah. a while, and the forest is kind of like taken over a little bit, and obviously all the plant stuff going on as well. So yeah, yeah. I just I kind of dig the look of that, and that on top mm. of the axe man and all, it just kind of all comes together to just. Mm. It, it's the most it feels like the most one of the most unique scenarios yeah. in that it's almost game. like a bit bit of silent hill in it almost with yeah the aesthetic yeah 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 exactly and I, I i dig it i dig it quite a lot it, it's very different for resident evil kind of it feels almost it's just it's neat i like it mm. uh really quick there's a bit of a fun fact about flashback in particular a lot of the like enemy designs and some of the concepts for that stage were pulled from a cut resident evil game that never saw the light of day uh that game was supposed to be called uh, biohazard dash or resident evil dash uh where you were supposed to be playing a new set of characters going back into the spencer mansion after it blew up to find like new rooms and stuff like that and mostly dealing with enemies that um have like plant-like vines and stuff like that mm. so that was cut and it was in favor it was because they had more favor for 
Resident Evil 2 at the time. So, but I was going to say, wasn't that a concept for Resident Evil 2 at yeah. one point? Well, it was the concept game before Resident Evil 2 was like conceptualized because they weren't, they were thinking of doing that before they decided, let's just go straight into like Resident Evil 2 and make that. I mean, given how Dead Rising 4 kind of came out, it was, I guess that's further proof that they, good thing they didn't do that. I'm curious, uh, Black, what do you mean by that for the Dead Rising sort of well, comparison? Well, uh, Dead Rising 4, Dead Rising 4 came out and you, obviously you go back to the, um, you go back to the Willamette Mall. And I know the game was not particularly well received for a variety of reasons. So maybe, I don't know, going back to a mansion that exploded, um, I don't know, it, I can see why it would have been cut. I'm not sure it would have made it that. The plot seems a bit crazy. Because um, when you blow up a place, like it was a pretty big bang. So, oh, yeah. So uh, basically plot inconsistency. No, yeah, it, the more I'll deal with is to go like explore what's remained there. And then you run into these weird, you no know, village idiots in the woods, you know? That oh, would probably okay. make more sense than, you know, than going, to the, going back inside the thing. That's kind of the idea that they had, uh, was that, like, parts of the actual structure were still intact, and it would reveal rooms that, like, weren't there because they were hidden by, like, you know, some kind of wall or, like, some kind Jeez. of thing that was, like, there when it was still intact. Um, I can see, yeah, I can see where they went with Resident Evil 2. Probably an easier yeah. concept to work with. So, like, I, like the the idea is cool, and it's good to see that that was like obviously implemented into outbreak with flashback mm-hmm. um but obviously like you know it's clear that there were inconsistencies as there always is yeah that makes sense but um anyone else want to go on this i'll go really quick all right um so i'm gonna kind of follow what everybody else said uh flashback is absolutely one of my favorite scenarios uh i I really like the like soundtrack to that stage, like right when you uh, when you first start up that stage and you're just in the cabin, like going through the woods and stuff. It's just really like atmospheric, like it's very different from uh, some of the other stages in file two. Um, also, a bit of a hot take. I think that that particular stage is just better than Resident Evil seven in its entirety. But I digress. Oof. Um, I I don't know. I've not played it yet, but that's a, that's a big statement. Oh, you're you're uh, you're not missing much. I'll, but, I'll find uh, it oh, very soon. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Don't don't tell him that. Yeah, it, I, I'm it, going uh, for it in about uh, in about a month, so in preparation for eight. So yeah, uh, oh, in good time. But uh, as far as um, as far as file one goes, I actually like. I think it was called uh, decisions, decisions, the final stage. Yes. And the only reason why I like that stage is because we fucked up so many times with it. It it's brought it's brought out some <laughs> very funny ass moments in our playthrough. Is that the one with the black tyrant? Yes. Oh. Yes, Thanatos. We we fucked Thanatos. that stage up so much. Like Ren could tell you because he was there, but yeah. like we fucked that stage up so much that it's a tough I stage. Only liked it's a tough that. stage. Just it's, because we fucked it up so much. It's really hard. They really just pour in the fact that you have a lot of objectives to do in that stage and it really got like overwhelming at points but it was hilarious because i don't think anyone was suspecting thanatos to burst out of the window and try to kill us but he did 
Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's a tough stage. It's very long. Like if you know sort of what you're doing, you can split up to kind of make things easier. Um, and of course, if you don't realize that when you go to unlock the doors, you can turn on the, the daylight reagents again, so you can cure yourselves. Then that makes the end a lot harder than it ought to be. But that's that's the way it goes. I feel sometimes. so dumb for not noticing that. <laughs> I really yeah. do. I think it's also interesting as well because uh, it all revolves around um, there's kind of a sort of semi plot going on uh, with Greg, who's the guy who's in charge of of Fanatos. He fascinates me because I, I wonder what does it take for Umbrella, who are crazy and delving into all kinds of inhumane experiments, how bad do you have to be to be exiled by Umbrella? Who <laughs> you know you've got to do some pretty bad shit for them to not want anything to do with you, and also to not fucking kill you and steal your research. Mm. Which is obviously what happened to Peter Jenkins. He got uh, assassinated because obviously the daylight research and all sorts yeah. of stuff going on. There's there's a lot of fancy plot going on. And Fanatos himself is he's a cool sort of boss as well. Um, he's got some some good stuff. He's he's not fun to fight online. He's not easy because he kind of goes a bit all over the place unless you're the room host, um, which makes fighting him kind of difficult. But it's a good stage if long. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, like. As far as uh like that stage goes, like it it is just balls to the wall, like ridiculous. Because you like like you mentioned, like when you get to that final fight, he's like jumping all over the fucking place, and it's mm. like that that stuff makes it crazy. But I think it's a good challenge compared to the um, compared to the final boss fight in File Two. I don't know. I I kind of prefer it over the File Two boss fight. Ah, uh, Nixie. Yeah, I think you're yeah, probably right. Nick's is Nick's. If you don't know how to fight him particularly well, he's brutal. Do agree. Or we could just like escape on um, what was it? I think it was the armored tank that was in the back because apparently you don't even have to fight Nick's. That's something we discovered like after the fact. You can totally avoid that. Yeah, if you make your way around um, and get onto the chopper that Rodriguez is piloting, uh, you can just take that out of there. Um, if you're super quick, you can get Linda out of there too. Although it's really hard to do that. You've got a lot of ground to cover and you have to fight uh, Tyrant R um, along the way and he hits really hard. So you can definitely do that. But yeah, a lot of people end up fighting Nyx, uh, which is a tough fight because it's just he's super tanky and you have to learn how to kind of fight him correctly. Otherwise, he just has non-infinite health. It's a real pain in the ass. And he hits you and your virus gauge goes nuts. We'll talk about that later, I'm sure. Also, plot twist, um, we did not save the girl, so she definitely died on our playthrough. Yeah, yeah, you need to save it for the good ending, because, of course, she, as far as the party knows, is the only, just the only way of knowing, because in this run, the um, decisions never happen, so she's got the only cure to the virus that's known, so that's all that sort of plot going on there. Yeah, I figured as much. I figured that would happen. They would pull a, oh, you gotta do this to get the best ending. Yeah. Um, I suppose I've, I was... Is me. Um, Desperate Times is definitely a, a community favorite. Uh, the stage at the RPD. Uh, I think I like it for different reasons other than others. Um, it's not an easy stage at all. Uh, but I think obviously going back to the RPD, um, kind of, and going to the events before anyone got there, before Leon and Claire get there, before Jill gets there, before Marvin gets wounded, um, is all kinds of really cool. Um, the the ast- Sort of the aesthetic and like the the, the music of the, of the level is really really awesome, um, and it has a great finale as well with the standoff against the zombies, which is one of the toughest uh, finales in the game. Uh, on long, like, very hard. It is you got to chop through like fifty zombies, and they're all tanky as hell. Um, it is a really really tough um, scenario, but it, it's it's one of the most played in the community, um, and it's a lot of fun personally. Far one, 
Decisions, Decisions is a great one. Uh, Below Freezing Point's fun. Going again, a bit of nostalgia, being back at the Umbrella Labs. Uh, the Hive at the Spencer Memorial Hospital was also pretty tough, um, if you're not used to it. There's there's a lot of good stages. There's some... It, it comes down to a lot of personal preference, though. Some people kind of like more action-y ones. Some people aren't really fans of sort of more puzzly ones. So there's a lot of personal preference in them. But there's some really, really good stages. Yep, I agree. Anyone else want to go on this? Going once, going twice. Soul to the hooker and rip. All right, so we're going to move on to question number three. What is your least favorite scenario in Outbreak? So the flip side. Yeah, going from what I said. Um, from my experience, and people I know, Hellfire from the group I know is not particularly well liked because they just don't like the idea of this giant puzzle area. It also sucks online. There is a room of death, uh, which if you go into, it just starts disconnecting people, so you have to learn not to go in there. It's the only room that does it in the entire game. Um, some people I know aren't a big fan of it. It can get a bit repetitive as well if you're just doing it again and again. There's not a lot of variety, which is something that Outbreak needs. Um, Underbelly as well for File 2, which take place in the subway. A lot of people aren't a big fan of that that I know of. Um, they feel it's a bit a bit dull. Um, and it is a bit of backwards and forwards again. It, it kind of depends what you what you want in the game. Um, there's a lot of backwards and forwards, up some just lots of kind of bland corridors, which makes sense. You're in a subway. It's not going to be fancy. Um, although it does have alternate exits, which is pretty cool. Uh, but I'd probably venture those two if I had to if I had to put them in. But you know, I'm not saying I hate them. It's like okay, I- I'm thinking on that level, and I really dislike it. And I think it was mostly due to the ticks and uh, them being super annoying. And we had to deal with them throughout the entire run when they got in the subways. So that run was very bad for us. And it's the one that I think we failed the most. I think we failed it like three times before we finally got it. Um, Another stage I really don't like is, once again, I'm going to say decisions decisions because it's just so much to do i i feel like it could have been paced out better and some things could have been less cryptic otherwise it's it's an enjoyable romp for what it is but it's not my most like stage because of how long it is yeah it's probably i think the problem with it is it's quite a change from everything beforehand it's not like a bit of a step up and a bit longer it's like twice as long as most of the other stages in the game especially if you've not used to it and you're all just taking the same paths and kind of working things out like yeah it's a lot to do um it's it's pretty unforgiving um and then you know there's a lot of things that you can miss to like make your life easier as well um so that is its downside but once you get learned the map a bit it's it's i think it's pretty good but it's it's getting over that hill i think is the problem with that one yep anyone else least favorite outbreak stage File one, file two. I don't. I, I wouldn't consider it a stage. Just m- more like enemy. I hate the that blob of leeches or whatever it was. They just oh, they were just annoying to oh, me. Oh, you're talking the about the hospital. Man? Yeah, the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the leech man. Uh, basically, I look at him as like a predecessor predecessor to what they made in Resident Evil Zero. Uh, but just like I just I just hated dealing with that, especially you know. Being by yourself, not playing online, and seeing that thing pop up. One, I loved it at the same time as as much as I hated it. Because it was like, it made it tense to run into that. Especially when you're low on ammo and like you just have to just run from it. I hated that. But I loved it. It's it's weird. I have a love-hate relationship with leeches. 
it's funny I guess that, that also stemmed into resident evil zero but go on yeah it's funny because that level i think we needed a guy to figure out what the hell was going on because apparently you need the blood pack in order to lure it and then you have to burn it as well, and that sort of stops it for a while. So. Yes, the the temperature room. You don't have to use it, but a blood pack makes life significantly easier. But yeah, you got to lure it in, and then come out, and then superheat the room in order to kill the leeches, because that's their one vulnerability is fire. Mm. Um, the hardest bit I had problems with that, and it got stuck for a long time, was actually even getting to that point is working out the the codes for the elevator, uh, which are really obscure. Um, there's like a carmine code you have to um, find, um, and you have to add that to like a modifier between different files in in the game. The problem was is that the file said add this to like the red code. I had no idea that carmine was red. I had I, I had no idea, so obviously I had no idea how to solve the puzzle. Um, the other issue is, is I always found was actually the po the code to the rooftop. It's always the same, 0930. But the only way to find out even what the code could be is by looking at a desk in the first floor doctor station, which is infested with enemies. You just look at a random desk and it says, like, someone's daughter's birthday, September 9th or, or, or September 30th or something like that. And it's like, that's the code to the rooftop. It, it's really obscure. I think they could have done a better job with the puzzles. Um, I don't think they were. I think they were pretty obscure, especially compared to some other puzzles in the game. Um, and Leech Man is pretty tough as well. He he can like corner you and just rinse you. Pretty brutal. Anyone else on this question? Um, uh, no, I got nothing to add on this. Harold. Uh, yeah. Honestly, my least favorite scenario at outbreak. You know is desperate times it, it's wow. it's kind of weird though because like i don't necessarily think it, it's not like bad it's not a bad scenario i don't think there really there wasn't any real scenarios uh that i felt were like bad bad like oh god awful god i never want to touch these again but uh desperate times was like one of those ones where it's like yeah it, it was kind of cool seeing the rpd again but also that ending sequence i i, I know it's like purposely super hard but it just it kind of felt like I remember when we played it, there were several times we'd get to the end, and then we would just proceed to die, and it was, like, a consistent thing. We tried, like, three or four times at one point during the night, and it's just, I, that ending sequence just doesn't feel right to me. It is deceptively hard, I do agree. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, like, it's the worst part to me, and I, I mean, it's, it comes off at the end, at the end of what is otherwise an actually pretty alright scenario. I, I think it's, I, I like going all over the RPD, and I like, you know, when you split your, your party, I guess, and, you know, mm. it, it, it is a really cool scenario, it's just that ending sequence is what sinks the ship for me. Yeah, I think but, at that point, the, the only way we beat it was we had to coordinate and get enough ammo before we trigger Marvin outside. That was the only way to beat it, and there was also the fact that there was poison in RPD, so we had to hurry up and get out, otherwise... We would drain our health and that yeah, would be a the problem. nerve gas, the yeah. nerve gas is is pretty annoying. Uh, that circulates kind of weirdly and is it's kind of weird because it like it goes into a room and it takes ages um, in a room. It goes by a, a particular cycle. Um, in an ironic sort of way, the gas is probably easy to deal with on hard difficulties because it cycles faster, like very hard. It cycles through a room like every thirty seconds. Now, in theory, that makes it more annoying because it means it's more over the place. But in a way, it actually makes it easier because it's cycling pretty quickly. That if it's in a room you need to get past, it doesn't take long to actually wait for it to go past and go to the next room. Whereas, like on the hard, for example, it will sit in the same room for like two minutes. 
So if you've got to get past and you've got nothing to do with like to protect yourself from taking in massive virus rate uh, problems, then you're just kind of stuck spending a lot of time. Um, the, the finale is also pretty deceptive as well. Yeah, if you don't know it's coming like the first time, you're not ready for it and it's pretty brutal. But yeah, once you realize how it works, it's just about stacking up all your weaponry in the yard um, and just saving all the items spawns, switch everything out and just get yourself ready for the fight. It's not too bad. But yeah, first couple of times, it's like it takes you by surprise and you tend to just get munched, uh, which is the nature of it, unfortunately. You know, it's, it's not the worst scenario in my opinion, but it definitely can be brutal at the end, which I agree with. Hmm. All right, anyone else before we move on? This is uh, worst stages? Yes. Uh, The Hive. Fucking hate that stage. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. The hive. Which one was that? It's it's Spencer. It's the it's the hospital. Spencer it's Memorial. The hospital oh. with the fucking leech zombies. With the leeches. Um. Yeah, that's the only one I really hate, to be honest. You didn't hate the subway? Oh fuck the sub. Yeah. With the <laughs> fuck that shit. I think if you don't like the hive, you probably don't like the subway. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah, I was sort of sitting there in that respect. The ticks were brutal, and I think we just had that point where everyone almost made it to the end, and then we just died. So I'm pretty sure we had to do that one over. Uh, but I guess we can move on to the next question. So question number four. Dom, you want to read that? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so this is number four. Did you experience online RE outbreak? If so, what is your experience with three other players? So, like I said earlier, I didn't experience it until I played via emulation. And uh, honestly, I feel like that's really the way that the developers intended for people to play was with live players as opposed to the AI. Um, because it just, it's more accurate and it's a, it's a more enjoyable experience. Yeah, it completely changes the um, the way the game plays, especially on File 2. Um, File 2, I think it's more relevant. File 1 is a game where if you're playing solo you can kind of get away with a lot more um because the problem you have with the ai is that as yourself you can do all the abilities that your character archetype has but the ai never does that now in far one it doesn't matter too much but in far two there's lots of things that different characters can do in different kinds of maps from pushing heavy objects to unlocking doors or this that or the other um so you get penalized a lot more for that in resident in file two um it's much more designed for playing with with actual online players who can do this rather than the AI. Um, so it's definitely a lot more punishing in, in that respect. Um, and it's it's just the way to play the game. Um, it's it's compl a completely different experience. Uh, online also, I think another thing that's nice about online is that it actually randomizes a lot more about the game. There's a lot of different randomized item sets, especially on File 2, and it will switch around where different items can be found. Um, even some key items also get circulated around as well, uh, which is something that doesn't happen on, on Solo. It, it's dependent on your difficulty that you're playing. Um, so you kind of get used to it after a while, whereas online it's always, you know, you don't know if you're going to be running somewhere and getting like a handgun or maybe like a stick. There might be nothing at all, um, which is which is refreshing. Uh, I, I, I think I only played this through emulation, so unfortunately I couldn't play it back then during the broadband era, but uh, I, I really did like it for the most part. I tried Lone Wolf as well, and once again, it was like, it was okay, it's not the worst thing in the world to me, but I do prefer playing it with co-op. 
that being said, I, I really did enjoy the experience, just people roaming around, stuff like that. The only issues that I saw, and I don't know how prevalent this was for other people all the way back then when they could play online, was there was some lag with the zombies. Like, there are some times where you shoot them, and then they sort of, like, jitter a little yes. bit, and then they fall on the ground, and I thought that was weird. Yeah, there's a bit of feedback. Uh, it's because uh, only these servers um, are based upon the uh, the hosts. Um, it's fed to be a local server on the host side. Mm -hmm. um, hence why I sort of room things. It's Generally, it's not too noticeable, although when there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, for example, like the, the Desperate Time Siege, uh, it's very noticeable and can be difficult. Uh, Thanatos especially, um, he, is, he goes all over the joint um, because of the lag. It is an issue. It's something that they've made as good as they can but without like official dedicated servers. that They, they can't really make it any better than what it is. Um, but yeah, it, it's a bit of a pain. It's something you have to kind of just get used to when you're playing certain areas and know you have to be kind of thinking a little bit ahead of the game. What you're seeing might be half a second behind or a second behind. So if you, especially if you make difficult things like if you're like trying to swing melee weapons, for example, at enemies, um, the fact you've got to think, right, I need to swing early than I actually intend to, to make sure that it hits. Because that can be super frustrating. Yep, I've noticed that when I got cornered by, like, two zombies and uh, they managed to grab me, even though the hit did count. So I, I thought yes. that was, like, super weird. Yeah, it does that sometimes. Um, it's just, it's an unavoidable part of the game. The fact that it's fan-made servers of a game that's 15 years old. <laughs> They did. They did. They've done the best that they can. Um, but outside of like official servers, which they obviously can't do, um, I don't think it's ever going to improve much upon what it is. So it's just a part of the game you have to just get adjusted to. Um, if you're like on your own, it's not so bad. Um, and obviously, one person in each room is the host of of the actual room itself, so they they see everything correctly. So when there's a lot of stuff going on, sometimes they just got to sort of feedback information as to what is going on where, because um, yeah, the players can't always tell what's happening, which is. A shame, but yeah. Anyone else want to go on this? Uh, sure. Yes. I'm down. I uh, I actually did get a chance to experience outbreak briefly during the uh, during the era that it was actually like online, like before mm -hmm. the servers shuttered and all of that. And that was back when I originally played outbreak before I even knew it was outbreak. And you know. Even, like, today, I still play with three other people in, like, a Resident Evil game that's reminiscent of, like, the classics. is just, it's it's nice. I think it's fun. I think it's, I mean, it has some issues here and there. Every game has issues. But it's just, it's fun. I, I loved it. And, you know, back in the, I, I will say, though, I almost feel like emulation online is almost a little bit more stable than, like, old uh online mm -hmm. uh are, because like at least with like old online the problem was is like the internet infrastructure back then was kind of eh? and it was what it was it was yeah it was it was, it was experimental for like yeah. a better way of putting it yeah yeah that, that's a better way of putting it and, and so like now with emulation and everybody has like better online it almost to some extent feels better than it did back in its heyday and so I mean, obviously there is some issues because of, you know, emulation and all the, the way they had to do the online and, you know, it is fan-made online and all of that. So, uh, I mean, even with those issues aside, I, I think emulation online has was the better of the two, like, from the old day and now, like, the present. I think it's better. 
All right, so moving on, um, is everyone else good with this before we move mm -hmm. on to the next question? Yeah. Only other thing I would throw out, just on the side, um, I'm aware of it. Uh, there is also a separate piece of software available for the game. Uh, it's called a status tracker. Uh, obviously, one of the issues with the game, a little bit, obviously, if you're all separated out, is you don't necessarily know what's going on. There is some separate software um, you can get for the game. It's like a little side window, which actually you can run alongside like your emulated version of the game. Um, which actually will track everyone's health and their inventories you're going along, which is pretty cool. Um, it's on OBS RV, uh, Outbreak Status Tracker. Uh, if everyone's interested in having a look at they're going to play the game, do have a go. There's two different versions of it. Um, and it's it's nice to have. It's a nice little tooltip. And it's great for streams, as it turns out, so people can see what the hell's going on. All right, so we're going to move on to question number five. So who is your favorite character to play as due to their abilities or feats? Oh, that's easy. Freaking Kevin. That crit shot is just a monster. Kevin Kevin is a, is a big pop. I think as well, especially with most people's um, having to play the game solo, especially in the early days. He's definitely Kevin, the best one Ke have. Kevin is the single like most capable character on his own. Um, he can kick the and then do a crit yep. shot. Like, he, he, he's well-rounded. He's one, he's one, well, he was the fastest character in the game. He's now technically tied fastest. Uh, so he's the fastest. He, he's got the crit hits. Um, he can kick stun um he's fairly tanky health wise um you know he's 45 he's got which is obviously a really nice weapon um statistically he's one of the best characters in the game there's there's mm -hmm. no question about it. he's um, a woman army when used right i think also just like he, his personality as well you know sort of a bit happy-go-lucky um you know sort of a bit kind of um sort of just jollying on in a way i think he's very appreciable as well um that appeals to me and the fact he's kind of his side story the fact he applied for stars failed twice um unfortunately um but makes you think you know i think he's i think he's definitely probably my favorite character to play uh out of the no, main if, characters. if he fell stars and he's this good as he currently is then yeah so that makes the stars guys stars, that, yeah, yeah they, they're really good <laughs> is it yeah. isn't it canon that he and leon are friends no uh, he will um, be partners it was be assigned I... partners so but due to um the outbreak that obviously that didn't happen Oh, because yeah, okay. obviously they never met because Leon never got to the station. So um, I take it they never met. But yeah, it makes sense that they would have been sort of like on similar teams. And to be honest, I can easily see them as like a, I can easily see them as like a sort of a, a, a partnership. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, two alcoholics um, being policemen. <laughs> no. Call Kevin alcoholic. He just you know likes likes relaxing with a beer in his hand. You know, there's a difference. He's an alcoholic. Yeah, he, I was runs gonna... up, he runs up tabs at bars, which he tends not to pay. That is immediately a problem. <laughs> I was going to say Kevin, too, just because he's the easiest character to pick up, especially for mm -hmm. a newcomer. And his ties to the overall lore, like like you just said, he was supposed to be Leon's partner. And the way that Kevin's backstory, like he, he holds Marvin in a high regard and like he has respect for his peers. He feels more like a, a, a seasoned version of Leon. To how Leon eventually becomes. That's, no, the that's quite, what could have been. <laughs> what could have been? You know, um, to be quite honest, though, he could have been the Leon status quo if Leon was not um, developed. Because now he does have a potential, though, like hold his own, like a little game or whatever, if he was given a chance to, like for RE2. But clearly, no, that didn't happen. I think part of the appeal as well, I think, of, of, of the game is the fact that you are taking on part of all these characters that are they're not these people aren't special forces, they aren't, you know, military professionals, they aren't anything like that. These are just regular people 
with regular jobs and regular lives that have just been caught up in this absolute catastrophe you know, and having to kind of, you know, people have got specialities and they've got um, things they're good at, but you know, the whole idea of people trying to have to band together um, to actually survive the circumstances around them, I think it in itself is just a very nice touch and it's, it's a nice home selling point. And they're all very strong, you know, Mark, the security guard, um, you know, starts with his handgun as well. He's, he's very tanky. Um, Jim, as was mentioned earlier, um, you know, with his coin, he can flip, he can dodge enemies fairly decently. David can fix up. There's, there's a lots of little, little, everyone's got their own little niche and abilities. Um, and it's, it's combined those up. I think it's really, really nice. Um, I, I want to, I want to say like the, the characters kind of contrast for me anyways, uh, the characters from, um, Dawn of the Dead. Like it, it reminds me of, of that, that type of situation where you have just these random characters, these random civilians that they're not trained, like you said. Except maybe a handful of them might have some sort of training. Like you have Kevin, who is part of the RPD. You have uh, one of the other characters. I'm drawing a blank. The the big dude who he was a vet. Mark. Excuse yeah. Yeah, he's, a, he's a he's a former Vietnam vet. Yes. Right. So you have a handful of them, maybe a couple of them who have some sort of training, and the other ones they're just regular civilians. So you have those those characters that kind of step up to the plate to kind of lead everybody. And I, I feel like that kind of makes me think of Dawn of the Dead a lot and, and probably why I do like Outbreak in regards to that because I love, I love Dawn of the Dead. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a, yeah, it's a very, um, very old school character archetype thing as well. You know, you've got your damage dealers, you've got your tanks, you've got your, your healers, you've got your utility guys, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's all, all sort of mechanisms that are still used in games today. Um, you know, and here we are 15 years ago at a game that was really experimenting that with a multiplayer ver multiplayer um, online um, sort of arena. And it was one of the first to ever do it. Uh, okay, real quick, I need to interject with something. Um, who's your guys' least favorite character um, to play as or uh, in general, you know? I don't think I was ever that great with Cindy because yes. I I'm, just, I'm just not a healer person, in my opinion. I like to go on my own and experiment and explore and i'm just really not good at that class so i would have to say i'm terrible at that just because i would rather be like a character that fights so i prefer kevin over cindy to be honest the irony of that is there's some people i know who would scoff at that because she has a dodge which can dodge pretty much any attack in the entire game what's your joe um, valentine uh not quite she just she's ducks down and prays but it, it the way it works <laughs> is animation um, yeah, it can dodge pretty much any attack in the entire game. Grabs, swipes, swings, um, some insta-death attacks she can even dodge. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, obviously, it is it is a very sort of um, an auxiliary character, ultimately. Mine would probably favorite. be Yoko from a competitive um, standpoint. Because I know mm -hmm. she has her advantages at certain levels, like the um, Raccoon City. Not Raccoon, um, Umbrella Facility, because she's mm -hmm. an employee there. And I think she's also the um, medic healer or whatever. Type? She has the she has her item uh, her bed, her bed a backpack so she actually has the extra. Yeah, she's basically the pack mule. Yeah. Pack uh, to be mule. fair though, that's that's something that people appreciate. You know, when you're used to playing these yeah. Resident Evil games of like eight inventory spaces, ten inventory spaces, more than that. When you start playing Outbreak and you have four, that's really jarring for a lot of people to get used to. And Yoko, at least you have the eight spaces. Um, so and if you're not used to it, like and being able to carry stuff with you is is very useful. In the case of at least outbreak, though, you do have like you no know, what up to what four characters right with you. So technically, you have more than 
normal for in some... theory yes but the problem but... is if, if you're playing with the ai and they choose not to follow you then you're kind exactly. of on your own that's a problem obviously if you're online it's a lot different you could kind of uh... obviously shuffle things around as necessary but we actually discussed this on um, last time we were talking about outbreak we said like the characters should have at least six on them by well, like minimum six I mean, item boxes if the thing is that then it's like the fact that it's four kind of means you are forced to rely upon your allies a bit which is kind of the point of the game isn't it if everyone had six I mean, in every space you could have a weapon ammo health and just tons of space to put all sorts of things you know again I, I these think, aren't professionals these these are regular I, people in just I you know shirts and trousers that he's trying to make though is that like, from a gameplay the, yes sorry like from a gameplay standpoint it's flawed because of the fact that like you know if you're playing solo if you're playing through the offline you're kind of just at the mercy of the game because if the ai fucks off and you don't know where they went to that's four inventory spaces you can't utilize. That's exactly. four potential items that you cannot utilize at that point. And granted, yeah. if if the character like if any of the characters die in a room, that becomes like a permanent like item slot box in that room, so mm -hmm. you can swap swap items in and out as needed. I think they they as soon as they die, they get an additional four spaces, but only when they die. Yes. Um, but even then, it's like, um, you know, it would be more ideal, at least for solo play, where, you know, you get six slots or at least the potential of finding, say, like a side pack during the scenarios to mitigate that issue. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's another, it's another example of how the game was obviously tailored to multiplayer play and online play um, and perhaps came up a little bit short on solo. It's a fair point. So what about uh, uh, least favorites, Dom? I actually have not gone through this question really quick, so because I just came back, uh, I just wanted to say that as far as like my favorites go, mm. uh, probably I'm probably gonna say uh, Cin not Cindy, uh, Alyssa, um, David, and Kevin. Uh, Alyssa specifically because she has the lock picks, so like. She's able to um, like unlock certain like uh, like lockers and uh, doors that might have been locked otherwise, uh, leading you to some like extra items and uh, other like pathways that you could potentially take. Um, for David specifically, just because you could just throw a wrench and um, while it's not as broken as uh, what Ren was doing in his 007 Everything or Nothing playthrough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That shit is great. Like having a fucking throwable defensive item that no other character has is, is very fucking useful. The Manka wrenches are really good. <laughs> really, really good. Get twelve as well. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And um oh, and you can also kind of craft uh spears and stuff for the characters too to use. So like that's mm. also another thing that no other character is able to do. Which is really nice um, on higher difficulties, because of course you end up on very hard, you almost don't have any firearms at all. So you're used to just using sticks and stones and having to combine stuff. So David, like, yeah. in very hard gameplay is really, really nice. Yeah, and then uh, I think, yeah, I said Kevin, right? So, like, uh, you did. Kevin, Kevin I like just because of the fact that he's the only character that uses a 45, so. What about uh, least favorites, Dom? Least favorites? Um... You know, I, you know, Way back when, I would have said Jim, only because I had to deal with his AI, and uh, 
playing Outbreak File 1 on the Hive with Jim's AI, the only thing you hear constantly being said <laughs> is, my life is shit. Um, my life is shit. So it's like, I, I would have said Jim. Um, but that shit actually ends up becoming funny when you have, like, somebody doing it, like, in, like, actual multiplayer. Mm. So it's a, it's a completely different thing, because, like, at least you know what you're doing, and it's like, you know, you have your teammates, and you're able to communicate and whatnot. But with AI, that shit's just annoying. Um, I think least favorite, probably, and definitely, is the, uh, the doctor. I just George. don't play as him as much. Yeah. George? He's, like, the only other, yeah. He's, like, the only other healing, healing, uh, character. I think he's again another one, one of those characters that on higher end difficulties he's kind of useful with his medical kit. But like the prop, my issue with George is that there's um you've got all these side characters and so many of them are George types. Um, that is kind of frustrating and it's, it's a bit bland to me as well. His his dodge tack was pretty good though, but I would probably agree with George there. Like I I don't know like because like George um Out outbreak kind of has the same thing that like um. Kind of has the same thing that like Operation Raccoon City has. Like this is kind of a weird comparison, but like kind of bear with me here on this one. Like, um, uh, Operation Raccoon City has a virologist and a medic on like that game's like set mm. of characters, and both of them, for the most part, kind of have similar abilities, and that's kind of the same deal going into like Outbreak, where you have Cindy and you have George, and both of them more or less do the same thing except for george has like specific abilities to cure like uh poison and mitigate like uh fire like the virus uh like percentage so mm. that's really where like he stands out in particular so like I, I don't know like i just don't feel like um i don't feel like they made him stand out as much as like say cindy by comparison yeah, um, I mean, the fact that Cindy starts off with just tons of health in a case is pretty nice. The, the whole idea, obviously, with George is that you can convert the herbs you get into pills, um, which can do different things. Um, he can do a lot of cool stuff, to be fair, can 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 George, you know. If you're on levels, for example, where you there's nothing that can poison you, then you've got loads of blue herbs you can just take and convert into me recovery medicines, which heal for more than green herbs actually do in the first place. And then you can convert those into antidotes to deal with poison. Um, you can combine mixed herbs as well into literal antivirus pills as well, which can be really, really useful, uh, especially if you're sort of getting towards the back end of a level and you're not in a good state. Um, that can be pretty big. But yeah, I, I think I probably agree. I think I prefer Cindy on, on, on a... It's close. But yeah, it's just so gosh darn many Georges is my problem. I would have said Jim to begin with as well. It's probably not like was my least favorite. But it's just a case of getting used to how he works and understanding that he could do a ton of damage because he can flip a coin to increase his crit rate chance, um, his chance to crit hit. And he can do a gobs of damage and stunning and all sorts when you get it high. But if you're not used to using him, he takes a lot of damage. His virus rate is unbelievably quick as well. So he's, um, he's, he's a bit glass cannony, but he can be really, really nice if played well. Did anyone uh, bring up the fact that there was, well, at least from what I gather, there was multiple characters that you could play with uh, via GameShark and also in the emulated version of uh, Outbreak? Like um, Honk, yeah. Miguel. The solo, yeah. There yeah. is, um, there are, I believe in total, 123 different characters in Outbreak File 2. 
um, about six, fifteen, about thirty of those are either the main characters or costume versions. Of the main characters, all the rest are yeah, all sorts of characters from NPCs, from like police stations, civilians, doctors, nurses, scientists, uh, military people, um, sub characters from various genres. There, there's absolutely gods loads. Um, it, it's kind of been crazy how many there is, and they all have their own individual stats. They've all got their own individual sort of um, that are varied from the main character, their own starting items. You've got stick men, for goodness sakes. Oh, yeah, I've seen those um, before. Stick men, yeah, Mr. Stick, Gold, and everyone else. Yeah, stick men, stick men who have just got exaggerated stats. So Mr. Gold is like incredibly quick, has tons of damage, tons of health. And then you've got someone that's like Mr. Red who starts off in danger, like literally one hit from fine, and he's pretty much on danger. Um, you know, Mr. Black who runs at half speed. Um, all sorts of exaggerated stats, um, but it's really uh, cool. I, I didn't realize we had uh, Reservoir Dogs characters. <laughs> well, I mean, they had the five Mister characters, and then they brought in the Misses characters for um, for Outbreak Fire Two: Ms. Water, yeah. Ms. Peach, and Ms. White. Um, you know, just totally exaggerated stats. Um, they are a lot of fun to use, though, for sure. And you know, surviving a zombie apocalypse as a stick man slash woman. I mean, there's there's got to be some fun to be had in that. All right, yeah, so it's it's, it's, extraordinary. it's ex- yeah, it's it's extraordinary the amount of characters for a game for like two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven is it's very impressive. Over a hundred characters. Yeah, yeah, that was I, awesome. Uh, I mean that. Good. Uh, no, I was gonna say. I mean, that's not something that's unheard of either. Uh, if you go back to PlayStation days, like the PS one era, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, for example, if you use the, the Game Shark, you can use any NPC on your party. And they all have different abilities and different stats and everything. It's it's really crazy to think how much the devs actually put into this that just y- you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Harold, you were saying something? Uh, yeah, I was going to say quick that uh, when it came to me, at least with this question, uh, my favorite was George. But my least favorite had to be Mark. I just <laughs> never was a fan of playing Mark, but I was a huge fan of playing George. Yeah, Mark's kind of like, he's pretty basic. He's pretty simple. Um, his power swings with melee weapons, especially on, like, File 2, are really, really nice. They do tons of damage, especially when you can start combining weapons a lot more. Like, power swinging stun rods, like, you can do so much damage with them. It's pretty crazy. Um, and you can combine it, say, with Jim, his lucky coin he starts with, um, which actually halves, um, like, durability consumption rates on melee weapons. So you can give that to Mark and, like, a powerful melee weapon, and he's just set for days. And he just brutalize anything he wants. Um, but you know, if you're not if that's not what you want in the character, then yeah, other than that, he's pretty bland, probably. Although his voice actor in Far One is great. <laughs> Absolutely love him. Alright, so we're gonna move on to question number six. Give your opinion as to why Outbreak File 2 underperformed compared to File 1 in terms of sales. I think this is kind of um honestly easy. Given how the reception for like critically and I guess some fans depending on your ask at the time was lukewarm, it was not surprising that two did worse, especially given how the game is structured and whatnot, right? So like uh it underperforming compared to the first one is not too surprising. I also heard that Outbreak, well, originally it was Resident Evil Online. And uh, we're going to get into that later about, like, File 3 stuff, cut content. But the game was split into two, and they sold, like, File 1, and then they sold File 2 later. 
and then this also sort of hurt it in my opinion in my opinion but uh there's a lot of things from like outbreak in particular that just never made the cut like uh there was going to be like different types of weapons that just aren't in the game now but mm. like are still in the game's files like yeah you I can hack into that uh, stuff i think it was the uh, youtube channel youtube what is it uh kendo gunshop mm -hmm. uh they found out that there was actually a p90 in the files for mm -hmm. outbreak and like you can get it to work but you basically just end up doing like a fucking t pose in the game so it's like um like stuff like that was going to be in there there was going to be different like revolvers and stuff um i'm assuming also if we kind of delve a little bit deeper there probably would have been more stages that just weren't there there, there um, were there definitely were that's question nine yeah but uh, it's I I felt like them slicing the game into probably did hurt it a bit because that's asking like a bit to say, well here's this very fun game now we're gonna slice it in half because we have like constraints and now we have to deal with the fact that we have to sell the other part of the game again, and it probably didn't go over so well. But I do remember there was enhanced mechanics in Outbreak File Two. Like, I, I think the whole walking and shooting thing was first introduced in that game. Yes, yeah, it, it polished up a lot of um, mechanics in the game, kind of tightened things up a bit. Um, why you couldn't just walk, aim in Outbreak Fire 1, I don't know, because video games have been doing that for years. I think that's like um, Alone in the Dark New Nightmare, which came out in 2000 and I think in 2000 or 99, you know, you could do that. Silent Hill like, 1 as well. Silent Hill 1, yeah, there's a lot of games that could do it, so I don't know why they decided to not have that in File 1, but yeah, File 2 definitely it, it polished up a lot of mechanics in the game, made a few changes here and there, um, made the maps a bit more complex, more diverse, different types of enemies you're taking on, um, but I think the, the problem is, is that you know, File 1 was... An outbreak in general is a bit of a niche-ish sort of genre, um, you know. Especially at the time, there was kind of not really anything particularly like it. And ultimately, I don't think it was just—it just wasn't well known enough um, either. Uh, I think is the is the ultimate issue. I don't think enough people knew about File One. Um, so when File Two sort of came out, it was like, eh. Um, File, it didn't make enough changes from File One, um, which it couldn't really do because um, then it would have just been a completely different game. But then it was some people wondering, well, why should I go back to it? So it was a bit of a catch-22, I think. I, I don't think the marketing was big overall in general for Outbreak. I mean, you had the mainline games, you had Code Veronica. I mean, the, those games... And Code Veronica, if I remember, it didn't really sell that well initially either. I and... think it did, no. No, I don't... Because, I, I mean, a lot of times, it was initially released on the Dreamcast, and... The Dreamcast failed as a system. Not, it didn't have a lot of sales overall. And then it got ported over to the PS2 uh, with Code Veronica X. But I think Code Veronica overall didn't sell as well as the first three entries. Yep. Yeah. And, I think, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't the game's fault. It was kind of a bit of a victim of its, um, its surroundings. Right. Yeah, it was, it was a victim victim of circumstance of just the way that the, the, the overall decline in popularity that Resident Evil was going through at that time until we got Resident Evil 4. And it was, again, it just didn't have as much marketing. As I, as I said in, in my story for when I got introduced to Outbreak, I didn't even know that it was a thing until my friend's like, oh, yeah, I just got this game. You're a Resident Evil fan. You should play this. So it was it was kind of a weird 
situation when it came to file two because it's already writing off of a game that didn't it, it like it had mixed reviews it had well it had good new gameplay elements to it and it was a good idea it was just at at a time that we weren't ready for it yet mm. in my opinions anyways yeah it, it was easy to accuse it of being a bit more of the same when when you go into the details it kind of wasn't but like not enough people were doing that at the time i don't think and yeah for outbreak file one i don't think was received well enough so that when they brought out the second one it was um you know it was it was hard to justify it as a sell i guess surprisingly you... good no i was gonna say i'll tell you right now though if they did that today people would be really upset because this basically file two is dlc so pretty much yeah i mean it is yeah it's 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 dlc but done 15 years ago when dlc right. didn't exist and it was had to release right. a separate game but yeah it nowadays yeah, it, it's, it's dlc and additional game mechanics and it's literally games. on this dlc yep. yeah yeah, exactly. I agree there. That's effectively what it is. So no wonder it was a tricky sell. And ironically, that's something that people roasted Capcom for to death with their fighting games. But that's a whole different story. Uh, mm. I I want to say that surprisingly, Outbreak One sold well enough, but the reviews weren't that great. I think because it is on Capcom's platinum list, so it did do decently, but Outbreak yeah. File Two did not. No. No, I remember they did that uh, Resident Evil Essentials bundle. So, like, when once RE4 was out, it was like you could buy that with Code Veronica X and Outbreak File 1. Mm. And also, um, to put it in perspective for reviews, um, let's look at Outbreak 1. It has a 71 on Metacritic, right? Yep. For Outbreak 2, it's a 58. It's kind of crazy because, on a technical standpoint, it's the superior game. Yep. Well, but also look at it is is it critic reviews or is it user reviews? I'm talking about critic reviews. Yeah. What about user people, reviews? User reviews, I gotta actually open up individually. Yeah, have a look. Yeah, this is where it could be yeah. different. Because I mean the, the, main it, crit- might... the main criticisms I'm sure would have been 80... that it's just it All didn't, right. didn't expand it. Eight point three for one and seven point nine for two. Yeah, because I was gonna say critic reviews for me, in my opinion, like I I look at them, I'm like, okay, that's fine, but user reviews are in my, like i hold re- user reviews a little bit higher because that's actual people like that, that's the thing though you and i do that though i'm pretty sure most of us in this room i do. know i know i know public, not so much we're, we're we're talking about back in the day where you would get your reviews from you know egm uh, game pro you know like you're, you're buying the magazines and you're getting reviews from them so i i get it you know, it's it's yeah. one of those things. It's the marketing, and if somebody's trashing a game, you're like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't get this. Yeah, even yeah. even uh, I put it like this: no other review factors in but my own. So even then, it's like you look at this and you still see that uh, file one is still higher than file two from the user standpoint. So I'm assuming that maybe either that decline definitely did happen, and it was a thing even to the fans and. Uh, Either that, or they just weren't feeling the fact that this game was separated when that news came out later. Uh, so it might be a combination of one, the other, or both. Well, I think as well, you got to bear in mind that 15 years ago, there wasn't, you know, 
there wasn't like stuff like YouTubes or you know these giant internet things that everyone has access to, Facebooks and that, where a lot of advertising goes. You know, a lot of advertising ultimately was done by word of mouth 15 years ago. There were people who read magazines and subscribed to bits and pieces, but a lot of it was kind of like seeing about what your friends were playing and kind of asking them about it and getting their opinion, thinking, "Oh, would I give this a go?" And again, I was thinking it's well, about like just not enough people played it. But things though, YouTube did exist 15 years ago, literally, just the gamosphere wasn't no strong. Yeah, it, it, at that yeah, time it, yeah. You know what I mean though? It's it's no it's it's completely different to what it is nowadays. And and people's access to the internet is completely different to what it was nowadays. So now you mm-hmm. can go on the internet, type in a game, and you could read a hundred reviews about a game if you wanted to. Information gets around that. a lot faster today. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't do that 15 years ago. You kind of had to go with people that you knew um, or just take a punt of the game, just looking at its case and thinking, should I have a go of it or not? Especially for someone like myself, where I didn't have access to like, the internet for a long time. Um, so I had just to make a kind of educated guesses. Um, yeah, so cover art was like something that was like a big deal back in the day. Yeah. You had to like look at that and be like, well, if it looks interesting, then I'll play it. But Now I take that for advantage. <laughs> now it's like more like, well, if it looks good on YouTube, or if I have the chance to play a beta or an alpha, or watch or someone stream it on demo, Twitch, or, yeah, or anything like so that, you know, options compared to like yeah. you know, fifteen, twenty years ago, where like yeah. you didn't have that, you just kind of had to go off of what was on the box, or like yep, what exactly. somebody else like told you. Like you'd be like, I guess you would be lucky enough to like see your friend play it, or like go over to a friend's house and play it that way. But like other than that, like you have to just go off of what the box is telling you. Yeah, things were mostly blind back then, really hard. Well, that's why I thank God for like stuff like Blockbuster because at least you mm. could rent stuff back then as well. It's like these days is either you oh, can play the demo or or buy the game. It's like one or the other. Oh, or you never used Blockbuster, uh... by the way. I'm raising my glass for him. Yeah, poor you, you never one used... ourselves for um Blockbuster. Yeah, black dead. They did it for like one day and it was just like a fucking apparel store in like I think it was like New York or LA or something like that. Like they brought Blockbuster Blockbuster back for a day just to sell apparel. It was like nobody wants that shit. They no. wanna go rent fucking movies and games. <laughs> yes. But anyway, I digress. The GameStop rental program. I oh, never heard of it. Yeah, that was a thing. I've well, never it still is a it. thing. What are you talking about? You go yeah, buy a yeah. used game, and if you don't like it, you return it. I what? never heard of this. Me neither. I I never heard of this. And they give you like fourteen days to return a game, a used game. Oh, that um, wait, but I thought it applies to any game, right? Any used game. Any used games? Okay. Okay. Yes. What well, I have heard of it because no, I have returned a game within fourteen days before. So yeah. I mean, I, I've I've done that where it's like you know if I if I blow through a game because it's, it's too short or whatever I don't like it you know I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep it I'm sorry. Extracurricular activity to do once we're done with this podcast. Yep. <laughs> do so, it at your discretion. Yeah. So I guess we can move on to question number seven. So I I just wanted to say mm-hmm. something really quick about uh, number six. As far mm-hmm. as it like uh, underperforming uh, file two, I. I and just maybe like file one, two to a like much lesser degree, obviously, because obviously it sold well enough to like warrant a file two. Um, but I, I honestly kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, where like I think these games were just ahead of their time. Mm, excuse me. 
they were ahead of the ahead of their time because online was just not a popular thing at the time especially for gaming like even if you had like did get into online gaming i think like the most popular place to do it aside from like pc at the time if you know you were into pc back in the day uh, was through xbox live and even that was still kind of like fairly new so it was like you know i, I don't, I don't even think it was a case that failed at that time yeah, i don't think it was a case of it not being popular it's just that it wasn't accessible to a lot of people and even those that had accessibility to it it was very very dicey because of these dial-up connections you had to run through you know, yeah. they could cut out and were very very fragile so you know, as I said, someone had to go first, and this was one of the ones that decided to jump to jump first and uh, see what was going on. Also, in regards to Outbreak File Two, I I think one of the things that probably hurt it a lot was Resident Evil Four, because in the U.S., Resident Evil Four released January two thousand five, and Outbreak released or Outbreak File Two uh, was April of two thousand five in the U.S. Oh, you're right. I did not factor in Resident Evil 4 because that yeah. really did sh change the um landscape for Resident Evil. And yeah, among and that other was things, the focus of all they were doing, yeah, definitely. Yes, yes. You guys were right about that. I did not consider that. Yeah, because I mean, and maybe even to a lesser degree, the first outbreak in Japan because Resident Evil 4 and the first outbreak released fairly close to each other as well. Oh. Mm. What didn't help the case either, though, is them not bundling um, Fallout 2 with something. Because I no, know Dom mentioned that um, was it the the Resident Evil Essentials? It yeah, was, that... they did not bundle like like it was a weird thing because at that time you had Resident Evil Essentials, which had you know again RE4, Outbreak, File One, and Code Veronica, and also on GameCube what they had was a uh, like prequel bundle or like a remake slash re0 bundle where it was right. just remake and re0 because like that was a thing i thought it had re4 with it as well um if it did i'm not sure i remember there being indefinitely re0 and re4 unless if that that's a completely separate bundle yeah that's a collection um that's a collection i know what collection you're talking about though but i'm pretty sure that one in particular did also come re4 though but it, well, that might be a different one even then it's like as far as like re bundles in general like there was nothing for outbreak specifically where they were trying to bundle those two games together and have them like in you know like one like complete package like uh, honestly kind of in that essentials in that essentials package they should have put file two not file one yeah i mean the the only yeah. argument i would say against this is saying that they bundled resistance with re3 and that still didn't do too great i suppose that's obviously for different reasons potentially which is, <laughs> it's its own conversation which we will get into a little bit but yeah just to but show that they did that and it's that still didn't work so the thing <sighs> with resistance is that resistance is a free game whereas like outbreak you have to pay for so it's right like, it's a completely different thing and also on top of that is like outbreak file 2 was coming came out at a completely different time i can't say i can't necessarily say that for resistance is free because you can't get it on its own you have to get it with well, free but again yes it's it free by, by buying re3 yeah. remake so like if well, you buy re3 remake you, you get it so. given the price set though and given this is a completely different subject though but given what re3 is and how resistance is so you're pretty much paying for two games in one package yeah Pretty much, it's a price tag for two games, and if you only want one of them, then currently you're tough. out of luck. <laughs> you have to buy both. 
and that's just the way it is. So, but we'll talk a bit more about resistance and this and outbreak later. I got it's plenty to be talked about there. All right, so I guess we can move on to question number seven. Uh, so well, let's see who's. I apologize for the sirens. Somebody. Yeah, died. I can hear that. I I assumed they weren't after you, but. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I guess finally the T virus broke out and RPD is having a hard time. Yeah, I'm waiting for Nemesis to bust my um ceiling right now. <laughs> but uh, Dom, you want to read this off since Brenda has sirens? Yeah, sure. Uh, number seven, right? Yep. Uh, what do you think of the additional modes feature and features that were presented in RE Outbreak? Um, you know. I didn't really delve too much into these modes. The only thing I think we played together was like the, uh, not the PvP mode, but like the kind of, I think it was like the boss rush. Yeah, we did yes, the boss the, rush Yes, the showdowns. We did showdown and I think we and did like, elimination, which is just, you're going around in different rooms, killing all the enemies. Yeah, yeah it, it was kind of like the, um, it's kind of like the fucking, um, like randomizer. For like the rooms that they have for like uh are you remake hd where like if a little you go bit. To one room you like teleport into a completely different room yeah mm. the, the the maps don't ever change like uh but it takes rooms from across the entire series and kind of bundles them together so yeah. if you've never played them you've no idea what goes what but like i've done them a lot so, like elimination one and kind of elimination three i can't remember where everything goes it doesn't ever change but it's, it's kind of a nice touch and you just gotta go around and kill all the enemies that are dotted about within 30 minutes isn't too bad um i never uh, certainly earlier on like a lot of the modes i think are fairly kind of like they're there um i mean i mean elimination showdown are kind of their own maps more so but yeah like alone wolf playing at npcs isn't really that different to playing with npcs um and then you've got obviously infinity mode which just gives you infinite everything which obviously makes the game you know just, just a breeze um you've got friendly fire you can turn on which can be used for some pvp or you just use it for friendly fire I think the only real interesting one, Friendly Fire has its places, is actually Nightmare Mode, uh, which was a effectively a modifier on File 2, which you can put on, on any difficulty. And the, the whole idea was it just kind of changed a few bits and pieces up, particularly enemies just hit harder than they normally would do. Um, and also healing items, specifically stuff like herbs, heal for less. So again, it kind of forces you again more to use kind of like people's abilities like George to like take the, up the herbs, convert them into pills, which still heal the same. Um, and that sort of thing. Um, Nightmare's kind of a, a nice little uh, modifier to throw on. It does make very hard Nightmare, like, one of the biggest challenges in the game. Um, you know, when most enemies can, like, either, like, two-shot you or three-shot you, it makes it pretty darn brutal. Um, I think it's, like, out of the, 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 the modes that are available to get, I think it's by far the most interesting of the lot. I'm gonna have to say that, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Even though I never played Nightmare... At least it changes more of the parameters of the game, whereas the other modes seem to be there just to fuck around with, like Showdown and Elimination, and uh, even putting on PvP. I did play the uh, Friendly Fire mode, but that was with, like, I think James and Drill. I don't think Don was with us during that, but that was fun to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, like you can do uh, it as a yeah, PvP, like especially like with in the like, the police station because everyone starts separate anyway, so you can kind of mess around with that. But doing it as a, just an actual still on co-op, for example, just makes things interesting because then you can't just go around spreading bullets or just firing grenade launchers around people because they really hurt. <laughs> yeah, um, I noticed you know. that. 
I mean, even like earlier today, uh, one of the runs I was doing um, with a randomizer effectively was uh, was friendly fire, but with melee only, which makes combat really difficult because obviously you're all trying to hit stuff and you just stop hitting each other. Um, and there's all sorts of sort of nonsense that can sort of go on. It can be pretty entertaining. Um, it can also be really aggravating. Again, it's, it's a bit of your mileage will vary depending on what you like. Um, but it just it makes it more interesting in a way to play every now and again. Just because, again, you can't just charge into fight and just all shoot the same thing because you're going to start hitting each other. So you have to be a bit more kind of strategic and tactical about what the heck you're doing and communicate, you know, which is the whole point of the game is communication. I guess nobody is. Go ahead. Go on. I was uh, going to say, only it was also kind of funny, you know, just, just trying to pot shot 45 with Kevin. And as you fire, someone just runs in front and just gets decked. I, I, their fault. I guess no one talks about infinity mode because it's just basically easy mode with infinity yeah, ammo. Yeah, it, it's, it's just there. It takes forever to unlock. And once you unlock it, you're like, yeah, I've got it unlocked. Now what? The thing is, you can't even use it for like grinding points back in the old days because you only got 10% of points that you'd earn from playing infinity modes it was kind of like there to like mess around with but that's all it really was hmm interesting um the, the only thing i would say to say as i mentioned earlier is like when you start going hard harder in the difficulties like from normal to hard is definitely a jump in the game in terms of difficulty because it tends to introduce extra things you've got to do in maps uh, but the jump from hard to very hard is huge um and very hard is is really tough when you first play it because it, it it everything just hits really really painfully um enemies get tankier um and it also messes around with key items as well um so for example um with like the just desperate times at the police station you play it on normal um getting hold of the various plates in order to sort of move the unicorn statue um there are obviously places to pick up the plates and you do that and there's also some extra bits you can do to open a couple of saves to get hold of special items extra ammo that sort of thing you play it on very hard you've got to do every single additional thing just to proceed with the level and get to the second part there's no extra stuff to do for extra items you have to do extra stuff to get the stuff you need in the first place um so you are forced to kind of do a lot more of the game um wild things is another good example uh, you play it on hard or very hard um there's actually no power in the um across the zoo at all um so you have to find a code to turn the power on so you can actually start interacting stuff in the first place that you do straight away on normal uh, you know with raising raising blockades and shutting doors and that sort of thing you can't even do any of this to start with and hard you have to or very hard you have to find a code somewhere in the map tell you how to turn the power back on um so it's there could be quite a jump um but it all needs rewarding it just makes it a more interesting game there's more that you have to do and you're kind of forced into doing it anyone else on the uh additional modes question before we move on uh personally i think that they were a nice addition because like uh, i don't know how long was outbreak do you reckon does anybody here? Uh, Depends what you mean by how long. What do you mean by how long? Well, like, like, like okay, so say you were playing on, like, normal difficulty, which I mm -hmm. presume would be, like, a, like, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, how long would it go... How long is it from point A to, like, the end? To start. I mean, end, if you've never like... played the game before, to say far one, to do all the scenarios, um, you're probably looking anywhere from about, like... I don't know, say six to ten hours probably if you've never played them before if you've played them all before it's like a couple of hours probably maybe three 
um because you just know where everything is but yeah when you first play it like you you're expecting probably to have to redo a couple of stages at least a couple of times so you're looking yeah anywhere between that i'd say between like six and ten hours yeah so like I, I i when it comes to like additional modes and i feel this way about when there's whenever there's an additional mode like additional modes in the games it makes you keep coming back for more and while i personally actually haven't ever really played any of the additional modes in outbreak because i it wasn't like a game i really really played through i think they're a nice addition and uh the one the brief moments i have had with the additional game modes they're fun i think they're i think they were a great addition i think they're just yeah. a general good time. i think it's it's almost like a proto left for dead in that it's a yeah. game that ultimately is reliant upon replayability um and as such you know it needs to do something so that if you do decide to replay the game because the same the main game is itself like say when it came out you know, if you're paying like 35 quid or something for a game that's in theory six to ten hours on the face of it, you're like, well, what's the point? But again, the whole idea is it's replayability, which is something they tried it, and especially on online, there was bags of replayability. But again, we come to the original point, a lot of people couldn't get into that in the first place, they couldn't access that. But even yeah, on, on your own, there was enough replayability with different characters, um, the different game modes, you know, especially on file two. File one, you basically just got the difficulties, and that's about it. And the kind of the maps will kind of upright the same anyways, whoever you play as. There's a couple of little neat things you can do. It wasn't until file two where there was um there was a much more variability in how stuff works and how it goes. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly my point. I think they're I think they're cool. I think they're mm. good. And I think they were well represented and all of them in the game yeah just, just a really quick uh add-on point uh i wanted to bring up because like as far as like replayability goes like i think capcom is actually pretty good with that kind of stuff because like they've made like fairly short games that you could beat within like you know two to four hours on like average but like they'll put in like a shit ton of stuff to do for like post game that or they just make the game fun enough for you to like replay it more than once Mm. and i guess ultimately if you don't enjoy the game enough to want to replay it then it doesn't matter what the game offers you to replay it you're just not going to you know that's just the nature of it goes sometimes so you know if you want to replay the game which hopefully people do and a lot of people did do um there were a lot of different ways to play it and again file two as i say from a technical standpoint is just the superior game to file one because it added a lot of stuff in and changed how a lot of things work by but at that point like people who had already played the series had already kind of made the decision whether they liked it or not so um and also arguably file 2 is probably the harder game than file 1 especially on your own it's a very tough game file 2 on your own uh, to play because it, it's you're a lot more reliant on people using their various skills so if you stuck with the ai you can only use one person's skills because they don't use theirs so it's like well what do you do <laughs> So it's it's a tougher game probably, even though there's more stuff you can do and better ways to play the game. All right, so everyone uh, done with this question? We can move on to question number eight. All right then. Uh, yeah. so how do you feel about the virus gauge in Resident Evil Outbreak? Who wants to go first? Uh, honestly, the virus gauge in concept is cool, and also from a technical standpoint, it makes sense. Because if I if my source is correct, that on the reason why they have it is so that people won't clog up the servers. So if that thing hits maximum, you're out. Yeah, it was um it was kind of a multiple reason. Yes, from a gameplay standpoint, especially 15 years ago, there was obviously server capacity issues. So it was a nice way of stopping games going on forever, which was a potential problem. 
you have the plot reason you can tie into that and that you could say well like all the the water supply is getting infected and it's stuff going around the city um and also it also just adds just as a gameplay point you know just a soft time limit on people and that you can't spend forever trying to do you know these are these are not particularly big scenarios uh are some of them and the idea is that you want to be kind of going and it just kind of to add that extra sense of urgency um and almost that risk reward as well that you know if the virus rates typically aren't particularly fast, but if you start getting attacked by enemies, it can spike very, very quickly. Especially someone like Jin. Which example. one makes sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It does. It makes it makes sense on a lot of fronts. I think it was pretty well executed. Um, it does make things a bit painful sometimes, especially someone like Jim, for example. You know, who would who would who could get grabbed by a zombie and just has like a six seven percent virus rate jump. You know, he's that's like very, Holy cow. <laughs> that's, he, he's, the, he's the most, he's super aggressive, so he needs to really avoid combat um, where possible. Oh. At least... Hello. Whatever that Cameo was. from the train. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Even... Brain is so... getting the, the ambulance, the firefighters, the police, and the trains coming in on the recording. Everything. Everything. I'm <laughs> telling you, those zombies are out there, man. They're trying to get you. Yeah, uh, but. Um, yeah, where I I think it was good in a sense of urgency, but it does get a little bit annoying because as you guys said, there are characters where the virus rate goes up more faster than others. That's why I don't use Jim that much because if he gets hit, takes too much damage or if he even gets hit a lot, then it goes up rather fast and you're not completing the level if that's the case. He's a he's a pretty advanced character to use, for lack of a better way of describing it. Whereas someone say like the Cindy or uh, Mark's pretty high. Kevin's fairly quick actually as well, out of the eight main characters. Um, but yeah, like he's very very quick. He's one of the fastest in the game. Um, so it does take you need some game knowledge before just playing as Jim, um, because otherwise you are really struggling. To be fair to the virus gauge, like the only chapters where it tends to really matter your virus rate is say decision decisions because it's so goddamn long um end of the road it can matter because when you're fighting nix at the very end his attacks just do tons of virus um damage um so it kind of gives you some some wiggle room there and also the police station because of the nerve gas which kind of um, accelerates the virus progression Outside of that, not really any other stages. The virus gauge matters really that much unless you've taken tons of damage. And if you've taken tons of damage, it kind of is irrelevant anyways. You might already be dead. Um, but no, I think it, it, from a plot point, from a gameplay point, and just from a pure server capacity point, um, I think it was actually quite a, niche, quite a nice little, uh, little mechanism to put into the game. I think it was pretty well executed. Yeah, I, I, like I said, uh, go ahead. Oh. I was just gonna say really quick, like as far as um, like my opinion on it is that like I, I'm kind of fifty fifty on it because on the one hand I could see that as like a good like challenge, like it's almost like adding um like the time limit mode from like um, like Revelations two for example, where you only have like a certain amount of uh, time to complete the stage, um, and you know like taking more damage reduces time and things of that nature. Mm. Uh, however, I think like taking um, taking like say like later RE games into account that like more or less brought that feature back like ORC and um, I think Resistance also has a very minor uh, infection mechanic if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
there is a yeah, affection. There is a affection like mechanic. Very yes. minor by comparison. It's, to yeah, it's it's different, but yes. So, but that uh, beside the point. Uh, I just feel like like the games that reintroduced that mechanic later down the line in this entire franchise kind of did it better. And again, I understand like for like server purposes, like that's what they had to do. But like going for back solo play it, was unnecessary. Yeah, or like like going back now, like when you when you look at it um, from the perspective of like going through emulation, where that's probably not going to be an issue. And then like if they were to ever do an HD remaster again, that's probably not going to be an issue anymore. Um, it's it's a very dated mechanic. So yeah, I think that if they were to like say, you know, do a file three or just a uh, outbreak remake or reboot or whatever. Um, there's a better way that they could implement a an infection mechanic um, rather than what they did in the past. So probably the, the way I always look at these these sort of mechanics, especially in the front main game, is does it feel like it was arbitrarily thrown in for the sake of it? And I've always been able to sort of rationalize to myself that I don't think so. It makes enough sense in plot and in gameplay for it to be there, and it's it, it's kind of there, but it's not like. Um, it's not like the be-all or end-all. Like I say, a lot of stages, you've asked, right, doesn't really matter that much. If you die, it's not because of that. It's because of other reasons. Um, so it's kind of something that's there in the background just to kind of keep players on their toes. And if they're unfamiliar with levels as well, especially if they're unfamiliar with levels, right, it's more pertinent. You know, it's 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 kind of something they just got to keep an eye on, just keep a check of. Um, but it's not like, it doesn't, I don't think detracts from gameplay. Um, I do agree that if they do a file for it, which we'll talk about later on as well, um, they perhaps could modify how it works and introduce it and, and, and use it as a better mechanic. But I think for what it is in the game, um, I don't think it, I don't think it takes away anything from the gameplay at all. And ultimately, um, I... there's also... So I was gonna say the only there's the argument that like if you people can keep getting down and get picked up by their allies constantly, there has to be something eventually gameplay wise that stops that from happening, and the virus mechanic also adds to that as well. I, I like it in the in the terms of like uh, of realism, right? So you're in the middle of a virus outbreak, you're getting infected. The more that you take damage, the more that you're going to become infected. I like that, and the fact you guys pointed out that Jim has a higher infection rate there's a bit of realism to that in the sense that jim's a you know skinny dude uh the infection in or what's that he works in a subway you know they're not particularly clean places unfortunately <laughs> well i mean besides besides that i mean like he's a, he's a skinny dude so in terms of in terms of any sort of toxins or, or anything that's going through his bloodstream it's going to go through his bloodstream much quicker than say a, somebody like mark yeah so i actually like that they went as far as you know, to put even that kind of detail in there. Not saying that it's perfect, but to add that kind of detail is a little nice touch to me. Yeah. Yoko is like one of the slowest ones, but the argument is that, you know, she obviously has worked with Umbrella. She's worked in virology before. So in theory, she's got like right. some kind of innate resistance to this sort of stuff because she's worked around it before, you know, that sort of thing. Um, or maybe she's secretly inject, you know, popping some pills to help reduce the viral. The virus she infection. does have some interesting backplot of some stuff that may or may not have happened to her, but that is a bit spoilery, and there may be people who don't know too much about that, so I don't know if I want to spoil that here, but right. um, her her background with Umbrella might not mean, is probably more than she just worked for them. There was some 
things that may have happened to her. Always that is. She may or may not be aware of. Always which is, is. Which is referenced by Greg in uh, Decisions and Decisions. There was some crazy shit. It also comes up as well and is referenced in Resistance as well, actually, with Valerie. Which is kind of nice. All right, which question were we on? Eight, uh, currently. Oh, okay, the virus gauge. All right. Uh, yeah, I said all I needed to say about that earlier, so unless everyone's yeah, done here, I can move on. Uh, I'll just say that I think it's it's a mechanic that I hope if we do get like a re-release or a remake or whatever they do with it, I hope it's a mechanic that they allow us to either like toggle, maybe? Like, you know... When you, I don't know, if you play, like, multiplayer, you can, like, toggle on and settings on and off, or, you know, single player. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't really need to be in single player, but if for a re-release, you know, you, you would want to maybe try to capture that original feeling, and it would be nice to both be able to capture that original feeling and potentially just play without it. That's or how even, it. Or even just have, like, some modifiers, for, like, for lobbies that just let you modify how aggressive the infection rate is, a bit like what yeah. Nightmare does. Nightmare yeah. is misconcepted in that they people think that it makes the virus rate go faster, which it doesn't. It just means everything else hurts more, so it becomes more apparent because you get down more. So in a in a roundabout sort of way, it does, but not directly. But you could implement something like, say, a nightmare mode, which just like say makes virus infection rates a lot more aggressive, and standardly they're pretty pretty passive. <laughs> yeah, that that's just kind of the thing. I, I hope we do see a re-release remake whatever they decide to do of outbreak because it would kind of be nice to you know maybe have lobby modifiers and stuff like that it would be nice to mm. see we'll get there all right so we're moving on to question number nine uh this one's gonna be a long one did you see all the cut content that was in reference to resident evil online if so how do you feel about it so basically um the stuff that was proposed well, well, what fans call the Fable Outbreak File 3, um, did you see all the content there and the levels cut? I'm aware of some of it. Uh, I'm not as well-versed in it as perhaps I probably should do. Um, you know, a lot of this was ultimately ended up getting yeah transferred into Outbreak for various reasons. Um, but admittedly, I'm not as well-versed in this as I probably should be. You know, Honk is just a cursed character, man. Every time he gets entered and introduced into a game, either he gets cancelled or his ideas get shelved. Yeah, there was going to be a Honk scenario. Unfortunately, it got scrapped. That's one of the things that's listed in the wiki link. I'm gonna Forever take... trapped in Resident Evil 2. Yup. And and I think it was gonna be UBCS as well, so you would see some people from Carlos's faction. I'm not sure if they would have showed up, but that would have been a nice reference if they did, and you could play with them as well. So actually, you know what? You know the characters from Operation Raccoon. Mm -hmm. This Outbreak File Three would be the perfect way to introduce them into like the actual canon of Resident Evil if they ever decide to do it again. You know. So Hunk having his protege would be canon since Vector is awesome. Yes, yeah, I would. I would also argue like. Even those like Spec Ops characters, it's it's a good like opportunity to potentially do like a specific scenario for those characters to um, get introduced into the canon and into the lore with you know stories that not only make sense in the context of our like current Resident Evil lore, uh, but also uh, with much better writing compared to what they received with ORC and gameplay as well. So. 
There's also enemies that got cut as well. I think in the files, you could discover, because I saw people like uh, bringing this up via hacking mods, uh, but there is a playable Birkin in the actual files that people were discovering. Um, well, basically a Birkin skin, and he was going to be a boss in Resident Evil Online before that got scrapped. There's also like zombies that got cut, uh, G-dogs, dogs infected with the uh, G-virus, plants. That's a good thing. Yeah, plants, liquors, it's a lot of stuff that got cut out. Uh, also, a bigger version of Neptune as well that was going to be a boss for the Pierce scenario, and then they cut that to just uh, gators, I think, or gonna, regular sharks. What are you going to call them? Poseidon? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's what they were. Uh, there's also a level that was going to take place in Raccoon City High School, and then that also got cut out as well. If you watch the original like Resident Evil Online trailer, you will see locations that clearly are not in the final product uh, i think there's also like a hotel that's not um based on hellfire which is another one that got cut so what do you guys think about all the stuff being on the cutting room floor just to compensate give me birkin with fireable <laughs> human being oh yeah i, I saw that glitch where he's firing <laughs> well, a human another character model that he could just hold on to and fire like a gun what yeah, the the thing I posted in j uh, chat here. Oh yes, yeah. I'm aware of this. Yeah, there's yes, it kind of doesn't. Yeah, it plays all. Yeah, it doesn't look right it. at all. But no, <laughs> it's it, it's, it's really wonky. It's wonky uh, looking. Yeah, no. The I, enemies that got cut, I'm okay with that, just because Outbreak as a whole did a good job with different variations of enemies. Like we got a whole bunch of new things that we never seen before, specifically the zoo. And if they would have put in a lot of the old familiar enemies that we've had, I think that would have taken away from what we got. I, I guess maybe just thinking about the scenario that was cut, maybe that makes sense because after all, you were dealing with like a four survivor type of scenario and Hunk's team did run across Birkin. And I guess maybe that could have been like an impossible boss fight where... You can't kill him because obviously the canon is he knocks Hunk out and kills everyone else. So that yeah. would that, that would have been cool in the series. Yeah, that would have been cool to see. But outside of that, I, I just don't know how that would have worked. It would have been extra content that would have been cool. But uh, for that scenario, it makes sense in my opinion. I think it's just nice that there was. <laughs> it shows that there was extra scope still within the the company. A lot of things they wanted to do with the game, which I think in a way is kind of like a bit refreshing in a way that there was stuff that they wanted to do but didn't, rather than perhaps a couple of games recently that there's a couple of things that they could have done but never had interest of doing in the first place. Um, so it's kind of uh, pick your poison, I think. Um, I, I'm, I'm, it's kind of would have been nice to have seen some of these. I can understand perhaps why quite a few of them didn't come out ultimately and never quite made it. Um, I don't think they were to refine things well enough to be. For the series to kind of like really spawn its own stuff, it was only a bit of a, a bit of a side project, I think, ultimately in the grand scheme of Resident Evil. Um, but it's nice to know that there was these ideas floating around um, that could have been perhaps in a different universe um, actually acted upon. Yeah, I, I think the main uh, thing that's written here in terms of why they scrapped it, they said the game became too big, so they had to file it down like twice. 
Uh, the first time was scrapping the Outbreak File 3 stuff, and then they had to do it again, but they didn't get rid of everything. They just simply split the games in half, and you have File 1 and File 2. Hmm. Pretty much. Anyone else on this question? Yeah. It would have been nice to see a lot. Like, I, I know, like, it would have been nice to see a lot of those cut enemies. It would have been nice to see some of those cut scenarios. Uh the hunk one is probably the more interesting of all of the cut ones for me mm. uh but yeah it just would be nice to see them come back in some form maybe in the future uh it just i, I don't know they, they were cool i thought they were cool overall are yeah. we allowed to talk about the leaks from Capcom at all? No, no, because I want to, okay. uh, unless you guys want to talk about them and then I step I, out I just, for a bit. I just wanted I to mention one that. thing, and that's that's why I was asking. Hold I, on. I don't have to. I, I, no, you you um, can. I can step out real quick and come back. Well, actually, I got an idea. Let's do that after num the last question. Like, have that as its own segment, and then we'll going from there because uh, i don't think we should interject that leak into like a main discussion because that could kind of kill the flow okay okay oh, i mean the only reason why i was bringing it up is because it does relate to what we're talking about that's the only reason oh, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about though but that's why i want yeah. to get yeah, a separate yeah. segment because of the subject matter yeah okay that makes okay. sense keep the flow just a little consistent until the end so i can do that uh, so we can move on to the next question then, if that's the case, and that's question number 10. So what is your favorite and least favorite boss battle in Outbreak File 1 and 2? Uh, for me, I'm going to make mine quick. I would say favorite boss would probably be Thanatos. I, I just, the first one at least, I, I like how he controlled and ran all over the place, but when he transformed at the end with the giant arm and he started jumping, he turned into Tower a bit of a bitch. Yeah. He's dangerous. He's pretty dangerous. Yeah, but it, it was interesting to figure him out and see how he worked and finally kill him. I thought that was satisfying. Uh, the one that I don't like would probably be Nyx because for the life of me, I could not figure out how to kill him and you have to be very distinct to do it. Like, you, you really have to know what you're doing with the radio and the rocket launcher. Otherwise, you're just standing there taking a lot of virus for nothing. So... Uh, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a puzzle boss. Um and like definitely the first time I took on it took a little while to kind of understand what was happening. Um thankfully I got to the fight with like a bucket ton of weaponry, so I, I was able to like sort of save and, and I was able to reload it once I realized what was going on. Um uh, but yeah, he's a bit of a pain as even online nowadays, he's still a bit of a tricky fight, um in how he how he works. I'm still learning bits and pieces about how he operates. I mean that you have to hit him in the core. That's his actual health bar, but you can hit him in the body to down him. You've got to shoot the tyrant part to open the core in the first place. Once you start hitting the core, it starts closing up again. Um, it is a bit of a fiddly boss. Uh, I do agree. Is this a fucking Devil May Cry one boss? You gotta fucking unlock the core, start hitting the fucking core, then fucking... it's 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 by far the most complex boss in the game by Which... a mile. A country mile. There's there's a couple of bosses that have particularly like weak points, like Thanatos are. You can mm -hmm. hit him in the quarters or stun him and do extra damage. But like, yeah, Nyx is Nyx is by far the most complex boss in the game. Not even close. What about um? What about anyone else? Uh, my favorite is um Tyrant R because the man looks like a beast. He's literally a cybernetic enhanced uh, Mr. X. That can probably just clap most creatures in Raccoon City. You could probably yes. go toe to toe with Nemesis and it could potentially win. That's how that's how um, cool he is, and I like it. I like him. 
I think I'd uh, probably agree, but having had to deal with him for years on very hard, like he's brutal. Um, I don't know if I can agree anymore because he just is so difficult to take on. Uh, I completely really, understand because for some dangerous. reason, Resident Evil has a history where you know a boss on a hard difficulty becomes pretty much a whole new game of his own. Yeah, he's, Nemesis. he's so dangerous. He has plenty of. Um, He's got plenty of insta-death attacks as well that you can get caught up in, which is pretty unforgiving. The one thing I'll, I think that's nice I'll give the Tyrant is the fact that um, as it's hinted in early in the stage in, in the road, uh, Carter, the, the researcher kind of responsible for creating him, says you know, that he's, he's in case everything was to go wrong, he's programmed a giant bomb inside the Tyrant. So once you get hold of the remote, you can actually use the remote at one point during the level to take out the tyrant, either initially or tyrant R when he changes, or even um, you can even use it in the next boss fight to get an insta down um, and an insta max core opening, so you can just waylay on it early because it's pretty tanky to start off with. Um, so it's a, it's a nice touch in that respect. But yeah, tyrant R like on very hard, he sprints so quick and he hits so hard, and he's a very difficult to dodge as well. Super super dangerous. I've had a lot of runs into him. Um, so as, as far as player bosses for myself, um, I do still like personally the Desperate Time standoff and the Siege, maybe because it is just really hard, um, which it is. It's like on your own, it's the hardest boss in the game. I, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of tricks to deal with a lot of bosses in the game. Uh, whereas that ultimately, you're fighting seven, eight zombies at once in a small area. There's only so much you can sort of cheese the game. Ultimately, you're just going to get overwhelmed. Um, but yeah, Thanatos is also really cool, um, personally. I think like the music you have on him for like the final boss fights is also pretty awesome. I really appreciate that. Um, Titan, the elephant from uh, Wild Things, is definitely pretty memorable. Um, and you know, yeah, I, I think I don't think there's any real bosses I would say that I I hate. Um, there's some perhaps a little bit more bland than others. Uh, the the, the G mutant in Blow Freezing Point is kind of like eh. You know, it's it's not too much to it. You just shove a train at it and shoot it loads, and you kind of just beat it. So, but I don't think there's anything I'd say that I hate specifically. Again, it's a mileage may your, your mileage may vary thing. All right, anybody else? Mm, no, I said mine earlier. Yeah. What? I don't really got any. I can't. Well, yeah, I, I did say next for bosses I could not stand so. But yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, I think only other one I would say maybe I'm not a big fan of is Dorothy. Um, it's because she's kind of a tanky fight. It's a really awkward room to fight in. Whenever you hit Dorothy, you've got like just bricks and shit that just fall down. Again, this is speaking from having played on very hard for years, and my my um experiences is going to be a bit slanted by this. But like, she's a really horrendous boss to fight, especially like on your own or something. Because you can't really shoot it properly, there's stuff in the way. You can't really get up to it properly unless you know a good the spot on the left side to get up to her to axe it. Um, but she has, like, on very hard, I think she has, like, 12, 13,000 health, which is just ridiculous. So, uh, um, which boss is this again? This is Dorothy. This is the flashback final boss in, oh. the, uh, in the chamber. On normal, she ain't that bad because you've got, like, chemical bottles you can stuff you can throw at her. But, yeah, on very hard... Um, the bricks that fall down hit you really, really badly, and she has so much health. Um, it's kind of crazy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the plant. The plant, yeah. Plant yeah. Dorothy. 
Um, it's just a nasty room. You've got the, the the drain drain suckers on the roof. They hit really hard when they grab you. Um, and if you're playing it with like AI, the AI are pretty much useless in that fight, and they just, just they just take tons of damage. So you're kind of forced to do it yourself. So yeah. Some pretty bad memories of that boss fight. Um, with people that kind of know what they're doing, it's not anywhere near as bad. But you still, it's a real, real health sink. All right, so I guess we can move on to question number 11. So what are, you, what are some of your criticisms with the original Outbreak games that could be improved upon if they made a new one? Um, okay, so I, I think mine's is very easy. I would say navigation is something that really needs to be approved upon. Not too easy, but just something where it's like there's a clear idea sometimes and there's less RNG puzzles because I kind of found some of these um, encryptions and elevator codes annoying because they kept changing around. And I, I feel like that could be just a little bit more streamlined than what we got. Like, don't make it easy, but again, just don't make it so tedious where I need like 3,000 codes to open one door. I I guess you could agree with that. Mm-hmm. What's up now? I said, don't make me decipher a Bible just to figure out the fucking. <laughs> this isn't Silent Hill Three, where you need Shakespeare knowledge to get past the first puzzle in the game. Exactly. I know what you mean. We're not asking to fucking solve like who who fucked who in whose asshole on the what on the first February in Stop. in thirteenth century. Like nobody wants to know that. Just to find how the how the fuck to get to the elevator okay some, some outbreaks puzzles are a bit arbitrary um and i imagine with 15 years worth of hindsight i'm fairly sure it would be dealt with in a probably a more user-friendly way i would imagine you know um so. I, they probably should have went the route some if um the structure is not the same already they should have went the route of resident evil 3 resident evil 3 already has like preset um puzzles right or like, preset um combinations of certain things right just know yet the RNG is like which one is going to be because I think at least three or four um, combinations will be effective for like one puzzle. So they should factor in with that instead of just being completely RNG to a point where you know it's almost impossible to solve it like on the go. You know? Yeah, I mean it varies. Um, Again, ones I've mentioned if you are if you took a hundred people and asked them the question, some would say. Yeah, just have it so there's only three or four combinations. You'd have some would say, yeah, I don't mind it being like 100 possible combinations. I've actually got to solve the puzzle at the time. I might know how to solve it, and that might be that might not change, but I still have to find the file and still work it out. Um, I think that's down to personal preference a lot of that, uh, I would I, strongly suspect. I don't think, though, it will cut down the tedium of going to those same locations again, because if you know how the puzzles work, you should just at least remember the combination after a certain point, if there's yeah, like a limited amount. maybe so. Or what you do is you make the file not so out of the way to get hold of. It's something that you kind of will come across in your normal exploration anyway, so you're not having to, like, take a sidetrack just to get a file to solve a puzzle down a different sidetrack. Just make it fairly streamlined, so at least... That would make it, I think, a bit better. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think I'd mind either way. I think there's other things that are probably more pertinent. Although, yeah, they have to throw some puzzles in here and there. And um, I suppose like the best example of it, um, I actually think of how it could work is actually end of the road. Currently, uh, there is the number puzzle. Um, there is a three-digit code you have to use in end of the road um, to open up various shutters across the facility. Um, there's one of the pads that you go by, and like the second room you go and see, there's a dead guy, and there's three numbers on the on the on the code uh, the pad, 
uh, that have bloodstains on them. So obviously those are the three numbers you've got to press to put in the code, but obviously the game doesn't tell you what order to put them in. So you have to just trial and error and work out um, how you, which correction, which order is the right, is the correct order. I think something like that is, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of means you're not, um, you can randomize it because it could be anything, but it's not arbitrary in that you're having to sit there and work at a puzzle. It's okay. I know how this puzzle works. I've got to press three buttons in an order, right? It's these three buttons. So there's six combinations. You just got to try them until you get it right. I think something like that is probably the best way to do it rather than, you know, having to hunt through files and randomize stuff like that, because that could get pretty, pretty annoying. Um, I think that's a good example of how it could actually be implemented pretty well in, in the game that already exists. I would wait. I'd, I'd argue. I think it's a pretty good way of doing it. Uh, so an, an, one thing I think indefinitely has to change with uh, a new Outbreak game is the invite system. Uh, I think like just uh, and obviously that's probably going to be given like just a simple yeah like, the uh, the whole server mechanism is very it's like, very two thousand and six because yeah, it was made in so two thousand and six like, so it would I be think, significantly like, better nowadays uh, a sure. more you know stream streamlined fucking invite system private lobbies you know um, yeah. stuff like that where like you can you can have it set to where you're not um you're not having to like go through like a bunch of hoops and ladders just to play mm. the game yeah um, yeah oddly enough too i will say just kind of like a, I guess like taking an idea from both re6 and resistance i would not mind seeing like a agent hunt-esque type of mode where like uh, if they were to implement something like that where like you can go up against a player who's playing as like a boss character that you have to go up mm. against like I think that would be pretty cool, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's like a whole lot they're gonna need to do because I think Ren pretty much summed up what I felt as well about uh, Outbreak. So yeah, I think there's there's definitely some scope for some at least optional PvP. Um, again, this obviously comes about the whole resistance thing, which obviously is a four v one asymmetric PvP. That's exactly what its nature is, and obviously the the big argument was why did you make resistance? We wanted outbreak free, which is its own question. There's a lot of hindsight twenty twenty going on. Um, even at the time, you know, it, it, it's easy to say they shouldn't have done it when you've seen that it didn't work. But at the time, it was not as e it was not as clear cut, and they went for this choice. I think as a, they deliberately went for this choice, so they thought that was the way to go. And for various reasons, you know, it, it didn't work. But I think there's definitely elements of resistance that show that could easily be used in an outbreak. Um, some degree of PvP, maybe boss-wise, maybe have some scenarios which are co-op only, and maybe some scenarios that incorporate a PvP nature, rather than trying to do hybrids of both, because then you tend to get you tend to get muddled in what you're trying to achieve with various stages if you're trying to have everything be all available to on all on all, all modes i think kind of tailing some specifically for just a co-op experience and some specifically for a, a multiplayer um pvp survivors versus zombie player uh, mode i think is probably a better way to do it in the long run um otherwise you, just, you get problems with balance um I don't know. That may not be the case. Left 4 Dead did a pretty good job of doing that. So maybe Left 4 Dead is a good um, example. It's an old example, admittedly, nowadays. But it's Left 4 Dead is still played nowadays. It's still very enjoyable. Um, and maybe something Left 4 Dead-wise, maybe a direction that they want to sort of try and take for um, for Resident Evil. 
I think you're asking too much of Capcom, to be honest. Ask the problem. Cap <laughs> yeah, Cap Capcom, they tend to follow trends instead of making their own. We've seen them do it many, many times, and Resistance is their latest following the trend, which is Dead by Daylight. Yeah, um, which is always going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to capitalize on something that's popular, but not what they what not what makes them popular, which is the the downfall for Capcom every single time. I will cut Capcom a little bit of slack here in that I think they accept and recognize that they don't have a very good track record in developing these sort of games, which is why they've sourced different companies to kind of work on these. Now, obviously, they sourced uh, Neobards to do Resistance. Uh, I think they sourced someone else to do, like, Operation Raccoon City or Umbrella Corps or whatever else. So also obviously varying uh, degrees of success slash failure. Uh, really quick, Operation Raccoon City was outsourced to Slant 6 Games, which now they've mm. been defunct for couple of years now um mm. uh umbrella core on the other hand that was done in-house and oh, it was uh, an in-house one yeah it was done in-house and it was done by the same team that gave us um re7 and will be giving us uh village so seems crazy on the right, basic, but, doesn't it well because again they were chasing they're chasing trends they were chasing mm. the esports trend they're trying to get into a market that they're not known for that's, yeah, that's... which 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 is which is which is a fair point. I mean, I, like, I can't completely break them for trying. I mean, this is the same thing that I personally was saying about like RE seven, and I still feel this way about like Village. Is that like the way that they have that game play in particular? That's like they're they're trying to get on that like Outlast amnesia type of trend, and you know, that's the one thing where they're able to clearly make money off of like. I will, you know, give them credit on that, even though I don't particularly like that direction. Um, you know, RE7 is in top five out of best 100 selling Capcom games right now. So, yeah, ultimately that's business. And and the day, I, if there's, if there's, I mean, it, zombie, I mean, Left 4 Dead, going back to society, obviously it sold incredibly well, but it was at a time where everything had a zombie mode. You know, Call of Duty had a zombie right. mode. Freaking. Anything you could think of had some kind of zombie mode in it. And, you know, Battle Royale has been the thing for the past several years. Um, and loads of things have tried throwing in Battle Royale modes of their own. It's just the nature of, of gaming a lot nowadays, um, I think, to do it. Companies will do it. Problem is, there's something with Resident Evil, which I think is um, is a series that does rely heavily on its nostalgia value compared to a lot of other series. It's a very kind of dangerous mixture trying to take that nostalgia value that people still have to the series and then you're sort of incorporating it into something like umbrella core which is just so completely think, alien from where you started i think like it's fine for like a spin-off uh but for like a mainline game that's when i start to think like i i really wish that they would go back to like what they used to do like back during like the ps1 and ps2 days where like if it was too different from RE, like whether it be playstyle or just like overall aesthetic and like, uh, like idea wise, they would just scrap it as an RE game partially and just create something new out of it and kind of just take the framework from like what they cut out and start again. In terms yeah, of developing it's not... an RE game, but they're yeah, not it's not. It's not a bad argument, although. Like, I, I don't I mean, know. That's I'm, how I'm, we got like this is how we got like Devil May Cry, Only Musha, Dino hmm. Crisis, Haunting Ground, like a good 
number of games spawned out of RE, you know, but this is like back when they were like, okay with like, you know, trying to do something different with RE and then realizing, Hey, you know what? This is just way too different for RE. Let's Mm -hmm. make, rather than just scrapping the whole project, let's partially scrap it to where we take the framework of this and, you know, try to do something with it for RE. But then also all the shit that doesn't work for RE, just make that into a new game. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you on that. It, it's when it comes to Resident Evil 7, though, like and I agree with what you're saying, that they're trying to follow the Outlast and all that stuff. And to be honest, I personally don't like the Outlast series because it's just instead of building on fear like Resident Evil used to with survival horror and stuff like that, Outlast just builds on fear with stress and tension where you can't fight back. You just hide and and. I don't like that style of gameplay. It's basically just uh, run, hide, and listen to the scary sounds and do right. And, and 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 I don't like that. But Resident Evil Seven took that and added some of the survival horror elements into it, where you can fight back. And, and that's why I personally I like Resident Evil Seven. But I understand what you're saying. Hmm. And like, if you if you really like, break it down, right. without Resident Evil Seven, we couldn't have Resident Evil Two remake. They had to get back to the horror side of things. That, that's the thing with with that. Like, and again, I don't want to go on a whole tangent about it, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the way that RE2 remake and like RE3 remake are. If like if there's shit that people like gave that game nines and tens out of, you you basically kind of gave Capcom the go ahead to you know cut corners and do anything that you might not have liked in those two remakes. Like that's basically what re7 was like everything that those two remakes did like that's what you get like not you specifically but like the people that gave like nines and tens for those like for seven in particular that's basically what you said hey go ahead do that for re2 and three remake so it gave gave them a license to continue to experiment yeah i mean this is a valid point when we know more about village this will come up as a question mark over over capcom yeah, but, you know, I don't want to go on a whole tangent about it because that's diverging a little no, bit. No, 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 no. The, the one thing I will say is that I'm not ex- expert on this. The only issue nowadays is that when you're building a game from the ground up, like, it's a long, expensive process, and you can't just churn out games from the ground up, like, once a year or once every 18 months. It's it's not that easy anymore, I'm pretty sure. It's not like back in like the the mid 90s i know obviously our development process is completely different but if they're just innately so much more complex and there's so much more to do than it was in the mid 90s with like a top-down racing game for example you know which is significantly easier to program to style and to get running and you could do that in a fairly prompt sort of time for a video game developer whereas nowadays you know you can't just be bringing out new titles with new engines every year it's just not physically possible it takes time to develop these things um so that's, that's one file I will give Capcom uh, on that side. But yeah, I suppose getting back more to the appropriate question um, with criticisms for Outbreak. There's definitely a lot of things they could improve upon. Um, I still think an, an Outbreak game with like the RE engine that they used in the remakes seems like the most obvious way of of, of, of doing it. Um, I'd rather do that than say a first-person version. I don't think that really makes too much sense to me. I think the RE engine is is a great example of how that could be used. Um, I I personally go with like the Ghost Survivor stuff, which I thought personally I really enjoyed them, and I could easily picture a, like a variant of that theme being incorporated into uh, Outbreak, which is sort of what they did with Resident Evil Resistance, anyways. Which wasn't you know, which in in a 
in a broad scheme is not all that dissimilar to Outbreak, as people to listen to this and cry. Um, but you know, in a broad scheme, it's not too, it's not particularly different. Um, so I could easily see them using the engine. It's what the engine I would suggest to use. It just feels the most appropriate for it. Um, it's already, it's fairly solid. The gameplay mechanics are pretty, pretty solid in that respect. Um, so they wouldn't have to change too much. You've just got to decide on a how they want to actually design the game to work specifically, and then kind of mold it around that. Uh, resistance overall feels like a smaller scale outbreak as to what like you just said i mean they're very they have a lot of similarities and it it could be maybe a stepping stone to what we could potentially get later on yeah resistance is is its own oxymoron in that it's it's never it's innately very similar and at the same time incredibly different to what outbreak was um and it was a game that in its premises was actually fairly simple but once you drill down to it, it was so complex that you couldn't actually effectively balance the game in amongst itself and once you put in anything new everything changed the meta changed the basics of the game changed um and it became just a nightmare um between updates which were fairly common and fairly rapid which i had no again nothing against but it just changed so right. much about the game and that was the argument with that against say dead by daylight whereas effectively you're four people turning on five or seven generators and dealing with someone who can kill you who you can't defend against resistance was significantly more complicated and that's something that outbreak needs to be careful of uh, if they do go for a file free is not to overcomplicate what they're trying to do i think that's a pitfall that resistance ultimately fell in it's not people that i don't think people really realized that was was the case um but it became it was such a complex game at its base that once you try to do anything else with it um suddenly it went all completely out of whack nikolai was the best example um you know the game was sort of reasonably ish balanced and they brought in nikolai who was a very gun heavy character and ever since then it's especially on pc it's all just guns 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 it's why they call it gun hazard in japan um you know because that was all it was consoles a bit more varied because of the way the controls work um and they've obviously been trying for months to try and um to balance that they've kind of gotten it there although the player base is now not there really to receive it as is the way with 4v1 games you know you see the worst the worst version of 4v1 game is when it comes out typically you know it needs time to be refined and go through actual live players so so i think that's a that's a pitfall that outbreak needs to try and avoid is to not overcomplicate itself um this is why i say something like left for dead is a good example because there's enough going on um uh, but it, at its core, it's still fairly basic enough in its premise and what it's trying to do. It's not overly complex, which I think is something that Outbreak needs to... If there is ever a file free, it's something it needs to try and capture. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think it's time for the next question because that kind of diverged a bit, but... Yeah, it's, it's, it was always going to, that one. It was always going to. All right, so the next question is, how do you feel about Outbreak's canon to the Resident Evil timeline in regards to story? Well, that's kind of complicated now thanks to the remakes because the remakes contradict a lot. I mean, a lot of things now thanks to them trying to be, I guess, different in a way. Because the biggest example for me right now would be Marvin's um, bite. He got bitten trying to get his fellow officers outside the city, right? Mm. Whereas in the remake three, it was brighter bit him. Yes. And obviously that you no know, is a conflict of interest <laughs> in that regard. So yeah, uh, yeah. I like how breaks better. 
for yeah. outbreak for for outbreak to even be remotely canon to the new timeline they are trying to establish they would need to remake them into what's grounded in remake two and three because remake two and three already conflict with what previous lore with resident evil one remake and whatnot right and so we added um outbreak though it just makes the problem worse yeah it, it depends how you view all this revisionist history which is something that we've talked about in previous podcasts um, and how you view it. And do you take it as canon over the original? Do you look at it as a separate kind of instance in universe? Um, I think from a development side, I mean, if I was like the developers of this game and I'm on this series, I would feel probably rather constrained doing games and like everything you do that involves a character potentially from the past is to go through everything that happened in previous games and make sure not to contradict. That's an incredible time sink. Um, and probably quite a frustration uh, when they, what they want to do is just kind of um, build a new story um, with the characters they've got in their hands and kind of integrate them all amongst themselves as best as they can. They don't want to feel like they're they're kind of being held ransom over something that happened in a side scene 15 years ago. Um, so like I can I can see the side of things then. Um, to be fair, I think Outbreak's canon in the main the main line of things is fairly minor you know um obviously some of these characters come with Alyssa, comes up uh in resident Evil 7 which i'm aware of um a couple of characters up. pop up um yoko is referenced in resident Evil resistance kevin um, is in resident evil 3 remake you can yes. hear him uh on the on the police car really yes, i never yes. knew that i, I, I yeah. believe yeah i remember hearing if it, it was when, apparently when you're when you leave the rp when you leave the rpd and you're going towards uh kendo's gun shop yes there's a, there's a car you, you go past right there's, there's a police car that you go past and kevin's on the radio asking for backup with four other civilians oh yeah he yeah. is talking that. about like jay's bar that he has like survivors there right yeah, it's a reference it's a reference to that it's i i missed it for a long time um and i only recently I, I was playing through the game recently to get some voice lines and i was listening i was like holy crumbs how did I miss this? Yeah, that was one uh, of the first things I, I noticed. I was like, oh my god, really? They they canonized Kevin and apparently four of the survivors, which I'm assuming one of them was Alyssa, because like you said, she was mentioned in Resident Evil 7. Yeah, Rita as well, who first appears in Desperate Times for File 2, is, is re-referenced in, in Remake 2. She's one of the officers, Rita Phelps, Phillips, whatever it is. Um, you know, so like there's there's a lot of kind of little protruding tendrils from Outbreak to various other games. But like the implications on the series as a whole is fairly minor. It's kind of like little niche, cute references of people that have played these games and can kind of spot them. And it's like, yeah, that was nice. But it's not like anything that's like hugely overarching on the se on the series. Yeah. Um, so like you've got a lot more leeway. It's not like, for example, um, say, I don't know, like redoing Resident Evil One and like say Jill dies in canon in that in the remake which makes no sense because obviously she's been in every other game you couldn't do that whereas something in outbreak you can have a bit more liberty with the game's canon and its story because it ultimately has less implications and less people probably know the original canon in the first place which is probably why people had offense over some of the stuff i haven't say in resident evil 3 because that was a much more widely played game and they messed around with stuff that some people didn't obviously appreciate um so but it's nice to see that there are references to the series dotted about and that they are recognized and not completely forgotten. Um, and of course, it's little teas like that which keep making you thinking, will they ever do a file free? Because they keep dropping little references to the old games, which is pretty fucking cheeky of them to put it mildly. It does it does make me wonder since they like put that there, 
if like perhaps you know they might do something to try to make it fit more in line with like the remake canon at some point i'm not really uh, sure honestly they if, if they really care that much that they can they really would really need to have you know because um, Resident Evil 3 itself also kind of have another problem that kind of goes forward into the lore, though, but that's another conversation. There, yeah. There's a lot of problems with Resident Evil 3 Remake. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we talked about previously. So, um, But there are there are different general concepts to to, to, to recognize. And as I, I'm okay with little little dots in here. Um, you know, the fact that the daylight existed and that there was a way to cure the virus, which... You know, could easily be tied into sort of um, some of the stuff maybe with either, uh, not not terrorist, but BSAA. You know, as a basis for them trying to create these um, various vaccines to different virus variants that have come up across the world over the course of time. You know, that that all kind of started with the daylight, which was the the progenitor for dealing with the T virus. You know, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of nice ways to tie stuff in. If I'm not too yeah, mistaken, I mean, you... oh, go ahead. No, go on. Oh, no, okay. you got it. Um, if I'm not too mistaken, didn't they reference Rita in Remake 2? Yes, yes, she was one of the officers um, that are on the desks. Rita, Rita, she's one of the officers um, on the side, which is which I noticed it when I first played the game. I really saw Rita's name and I thought, that's pretty cool. And I appreciated that. I, d I missed the Kevin one on Remake 3. But yeah, that's that's a big one that a lot of people noticed who played um, Outbreak. A lot of people on my channel were playing for the game and were like, yeah, you know Rita? I was like, yeah, I noticed that. And yeah, I saw that reference. Yeah. Like, you bastards. I'm just going to assume with the way they're changing things now and there was a lot of changes to the backstory of Leon and Claire and even some to Jill because I believe the whole house arrest thing was in Remake 3 only, right? Yeah. They well, was but when, if you read the books, it's it's very you... it's very a lot, yeah. Because like in RE3, the game it doesn't really make any suggestion of this. If you go to the film, she was kind of like suspended off the force, um, in theory because of irons. In remake three, she's under house arrest. It's something that has changed a bit over time. Okay. And also, if you read the uh, the books from SD Perry, she goes into that as well. That she's uh she's kind of taking a leave of absence from the force and or from from stars because of irons and like the, I think honestly I think that they're kind of cleaning up the timeline a little bit and they're grabbing some references that they can use to do that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I'm assuming that they're still probably gonna do it, but in a different way, which is why I saw like Rita's name on the desk and I. Uh, heard Kevin over the radio, and I'm like, well, mm. yeah, that that well, especially the latter, that brings a lot more attention uh to the whole situation, mm. right? Especially with what happened with Resistance just a year later. Mm. Oh, if I'm not in the same game, of course, yeah, even so, that's a good point. And the fact they again referencing Yoko with Valerie and her background, um, you know, it's not like they're completely ignoring that outbreak exists, which probably infuriates some people because they wanted that instead of Resistance. <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. I, like the characters clearly do exist though, because if it didn't, then that would actually would be a bigger problem than really than you know not you know. But just you no, know, the scenarios of the characters' actions, you know, they gotta do something about that because they are contradict you know one thing with Marvin. That's one example, right? So like you no, know, if they really want to see these characters again, though, they're gonna have to like retell those scenarios to to make sense within the remake continuity. But, uh, to be honest because marvin getting bit by brad instead of you know the way that it played out in outbreak i think they could still keep that but just marvin doesn't get bit the way he does 
in, in Outbreak. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a small change. It kind of sucks because I like it better in Outbreak. But, I mean, it, it's something that's salvageable. And if you look at a lot of the, especially, specifically Resident Evil 3, they do a lot of retcons with a lot of different things. And um, especially like uh, the virus, the vaccine at the end that Jill gets. I guess spoilers for people who haven't played RE3 Remake. Oops. The vaccine for me, oops, reminds me of the Daylight vaccine. Hmm. Yeah, it's the same because you principle. Got to, you got, right, you got to collect the different items. You got to mix it together in this in a very similar way that it happens in the in Outbreak. So to me, it seems kind of like a retcon because they also retconned uh, Nemesis uh, Parasite. That it's it's uh Las Plagas. It's connecting to Resident Evil Four. So that is a still a technically that... a theory at this point because while well, yes, Resistance said it though, but there's some elements of Resistance that's not even can either. So you gotta take that with a grain of salt. I yeah, take it with a grain of salt. It's in a Resident Evil game itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I consider that close to canon because it's in a resident evil game itself they've, you know? they've set up the avenue if they want to do it they can right they've kind of left themselves a window to jump through now right whether there's a trampoline up there to sing and back up or just a spike of pit of spikes i don't know yet we <laughs> won't know until resident evil 4 um but no they've left mm-hmm. the opportunity to to do some retconning and it's not like the resident evil series has never seen a retcon before this has been happening yeah. for over 20 years in some forms or another so it's, it's the just question is though goes. like how the recon will affect you know the past and the present and the future you know but again, this right this here. Cu- but this 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 comes back to the whole initial point of how do you view these remakes do you review it as this is now the new consistent can that we should all follow or is this just a retelling of the original canon which is true it, it, it this is the problem i don't think this has ever really been like in my mind I don't think Capcom have ever really, like, it's been talked about about this whole thing, but I don't think they've ever said, like, specifically, this one is true, this one is correct, that one is the old one, this is what it's got to be now. So um, I think that's the that's the problem. Um, it comes down to how you view it, and how you view it alters how you answer the question and how you receive the answer to the question. So, yeah, so that, that too, though, but when you take into account of, like, Rams Evil 1 remake, Every single piece of continuity always references that as a primary source of uh, of the Resident Evil One events, not the original Resident Evil One. So if you take that into account, though, it would be a safe bet to consider Resident Evil Two and Three remakes the you no know, face of the events of um, yeah well, one, two and three. It's, it's it's a difficult argument though. Again, I know we're getting slightly off topic here, but it, it's, 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 it's this is pertinent is that. Resident Evil 1 Remake came out about, I think it was about four or five years after the original. And again, most of the additional stuff they threw in was kind of supplemental to the original story. These remakes Mm -hmm. are almost 20 years prior to the original games coming out. So as a developer, you're going to have a ton more license to mess around with the story because ultimately there's going to be less people that have played the original because it's less recent. So people, they will mess around a bit more. And again, as was kind of noted with seven that was kind of the license to say yeah um go exploring they kind of had it so to be fair the original remake was extremely close to the original game i mean like they took pretty much almost everything that was in the original game and just expanded on it so the Mm -hmm. core story was pretty much there they didn't really change much of anything as far as this the story itself itself exactly so um 
so yeah that, that's the argument i will always make with people like um if they view that the old canon is still the true canon it's a retelling then you can kind of in your mind kind of feel more okay with there being these modifications because it's kind of like just a retelling of the same story it's like you know if, if your your grandparents were told an old fable and then they told their 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 kids and then their kids told you they'll probably tell a little bit of a different story to what was told like 100 years prior because it's just word of mouth if you think right. these are the official new canon then suddenly it has massive more implications so you know, in a way, though, this all also feels like a glorify, like the um, scenarios in uh, was it Dark Side Chronicles and Abrana Chronicles. You have your retelling of the events of whatever game they have there, plus their unique stories that are that, that take place before, after, or whatever in, in the timeline. So, in a way, though, this feels like the remakes or glorified versions of those. You, you know. Yeah. And some people kind of... ultimately are going to be significantly more pedantic about these details and are going to be much more particular about them and much more concerned that they should make sense compared to, say, a more general audience who maybe don't care and maybe just want a story that kind of makes sense and that, you know, if there are elements to a story that made sense, better told how they are now than they were 20 years ago or 15 years ago, tell them as they are now. It makes for a better story and a better playing experience. Um, you shouldn't feel completely hamstrung by 25 years worth of story I feel that you can't step out of it at all. You know, you have to have some kind of uh, creative leeway, I think. All right. All right. Um, now. Hold on. Um, wait a minute. The... Before you do this, I just want to mention one thing. Um, so you guys were talking about how Capcom likes to, you know, basically say uh, this is canon, that's canon, this is updated, and then they choose different games uh as a focal point for the remakes so in the case of remake mm -hmm. 2 they were talking about the backstory of that and sort of uh putting that at the forefront for a while um so didn't they do that recently with three and people had like a little bit of a problem with that i'm just sort of yeah. uh wondering about that yeah. yes because how three was well made because three cut out a lot of things that know makes sense in the context of three you know yes. so it, like in the case of resident evil 2 though I'm, like a good chunk of what made resident evil 2 re2 you know is still there just in a different coat of paint in the case of resident evil 3 it's almost like a whole it's like a facelift it's a whole new thing you don't recognize it yeah and the last thing i want to mention is that uh it's not the first time either because i strongly believe that when remake one came out that canon basically overwritten uh the previous one but the only difference was that it made a little bit more sense in comparison to these remakes right here yeah exactly. the, the, yes. the main difference with remake one was lisa trevor and that yeah. whole side of things that as far as the original plot for the original game it was largely unchanged but again, yes. they kind of had to be a bit more concerned about the original plot because the original game had only come out like four or five years prior. So there was six a years. lot more recent six, six years. years. Six years. So there are a lot more people who are a lot more familiar with the original story because it had only been a few years prior. This is this is almost 20 years difference. And only like a small section of people would have either recently played the game or realistically ever played the old games at all because people move on. You've got a whole generation of gamers that, are, that would have tried Remake 2 and did try Remake 2 having never touched like any of the old classic RE's. So 
if you do change some elements of the story, they're not going to know that. And That's ultimately, true. to them, they they're not going to care that the things have changed. What they want is a game that makes sense to them. Um, I I do think you are are underestimating those gamers too, because uh, let's say if even if like you know the people that played those games, the older ones, um, knew about the story and the the, the that majority becomes a minority now, right? Yeah. There's still people out there who are new Resident Evil fans or actually catching up with the games. Like even if they don't play it, or they could go on like YouTube and watch them or lore videos, yeah. whatever, right? Yeah, this 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 is this is true. I can't I can't dispute this, but it's ultimately it's a minority of a minority. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, when you're doing this sort of thing, you're not gonna be able to please everyone. I, I've I'm okay, you know, with like say with little changes to people's backstories, like I couldn't care less. If it makes more sense now than it did 20 years ago, then go for it. When you start tweaking with major plot lines and stories, That's the it, has to, it, it has to be justified. You know, the whole Nathaniel Bard stuff for Remake 3, for example, I was okay with because the original plot in Remake 3, it didn't really make any sense why there was suddenly a vaccine in the raccoon police in the raccoon hospital. It was just kind of in a couple of files, it said, there's a vaccine, this is how you make it. It made no sense how it was made. So right. they put in place a plot which made sense of it. And this is always my, my argument for Remake 3. It's a game that in its micro, there's a lot of detail prone the game so that everything makes a lot more sense than it did in the original game. The problem was in its gameplay aspect. But from a plot aspect, it tied it tightened up a lot of loose threads from the original game, which is, you know, relevant. And that that's, that's something I was going to bring up too, is because if you look at Resident Evil 3 Remake from a story standpoint, it does fix a lot of the problems that the story overall has because we were left in in the dark with it and i think moving forward and this is more me kind of being a little bit more hopeful moving forward with next with whatever next game they produce i feel like resident evil 3 remake story is gonna be a little bit more appreciated right people are gonna appreciate it a little bit more because it does fit better than the original story because the original story is just Jill leaving, but like you said, the hospital scene—I mean, that's a big plot hole. Why is there a vaccine there? We don't yeah. get any reason for it. Yeah. Why well, are there uh, even cause... even having recently replayed um, the game on my my Twitch channel like a couple of months ago? I specifically went into that bit after having done the remake, going through documents to try and understand why it was there, and nothing really ever said. It was just a file saying, "Oh, we have we're working on a vaccine in this hospital." Mm-hmm. Why, why the are there hunters is... there? Why are you know? Yeah, it's it's just there. It's just well, there. One so thing it... too that it is an umbrella hospital, so clearly you know. There's yeah, but but it was about how on earth was this stuff going on, and the general public didn't know. At least in remake three, you had this massive underground complex where all this shit was going on. In re- in the original game, it was just a below level basement lab where suddenly you've got fucking hunters in pods. Just out of nowhere, like you've got cleaners, you've got janitors. It was, it wasn't like it was not findable. It was just literally, you go on a lift, you go in the basement, you go down a corridor, open a door, and there's hunters in well, chambers. That's How would people if you have let the, Well, that's assuming if you let the general public go down there, because remember, raccoons is heavily controlled by umbrella, so they will well, obviously even that. have just, things just, cut just off. Anyone could have gone. You know, anyone can free could have gone down there. It's just some some Jill, person who got lost. You know, Jill said it there. best in Resident Evil Three Remake. How the fuck did nobody see this? Yeah, in, in, in remake three, yeah, in remake three, it's like it's it's not ideal, but at least you can debate that it's heavily underground. 
at least in you know in, in in the original it made no sense so so yeah like i say you can you can mess around with cannons um as long as it's not too permanent to the main story you can kind of get away with a lot of this stuff um it's when you start tweaking with a lot more um intrinsical I, details you suddenly lose a lot of that leeway i think as far as story wise goes if they continue making remakes and you know assuming they do make an outbreak remake one day or reboot or whatever i think as far as story goes they're they're tying it well it, it's becoming a well threaded story as opposed to what it was before yeah and ultimately you're gonna have loads more characters you know you're gonna have a lot of base characters that aren't were not in the original game anyways in the original remake oh, so in the original you could outbreak. you so could you even do whatever you want with them yeah you could even have current characters like marvin be a playable character in outbreak yeah yeah kevin for sure you know there's gonna be some that it makes sense throwing in but there'll be plenty of characters that are completely brand new and you can do whatever the hell you want with them and you can find other ways to try and tell them in so oh anyways i'm I'm fairly happy yeah i just i just wrote that last jumping point in the chat like maybe they could also use story characters from resistance because uh resistance did have like you know the firefighters and valerie and everyone else so maybe they could yeah. use those people too there's uh, always ways they could yeah. Which then could tie into the lore for Resistance, and that would actually be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, only, only you've got Raccoon City, a population of 100,000 people, and there's one thing that ties almost all of them together in some way or another, and that is Umbrella. So you can always draw little distinctions of things that happen, and you can always find little tying points. It's it's not too heavily difficult to do. All right, so I'm going to let uh, yeah. Mr. Brando take over so I can mark mm -hmm. this timestamp. Yeah. Okay. Um, folks. Um, from right here. Um, at this time, right now, we are going to be discussing a, a leak involving um Capcom. Now, the reason why I have it set here is because, given the subject of the leak, it is a ransom leak by um a couple of people that held Capcom's data by hostage, and they were slowly releasing it by them not um giving them the the money or whatever what they wanted. So there's a lot of people in the community or just people in general do not like the idea of discussing this leaks given how they were released through yeah. illegal means. Granted, leaks in general are handled most of the time through su suspect means anyway. So you're gonna like have people talk about it anyway because you no, know, it's a free world. One, they can one, talk about one it question: Do I expect in the morning to have people in big uniforms arrest me? Uh, I can't confirm or deny it. That's good enough for me. <laughs> Here, here's what I want to say in regards to what we're going to discuss, because I don't, I don't really want to go in too much detail because I know that some people don't want to hear too much about it. They probably heard yeah. some things in passing, and that's really what I just want to say or talk about just really quick. I don't want to go like into everything that was leaked or anything like that. I want to keep it in regards to just Resident Evil and yeah. kind of just that's it, yeah. you know. Because there, were some, there were some Resident Evil games that were leaked, and that's what I just want to discuss really quick with you guys. I'm, I'm only vaguely aware of all this, so, so yeah. What's that? I'm only ahead, sort of vaguely aware of all of it, so this is kind of a bit all sort of new ground to me anyway. So. Okay, well, since we're talking about Outbreak, a Resident Evil Outbreak remake was on the list of games that they are working on. Oh, I see. I wasn't should, really it was, should be aware of this. It, it was... Be dubbed um, Resident Evil Outbreak J or whatever, something like that. 
Right. Now, we really we don't know what exactly it is because it was never especially confirmed of it being a remake or what, but we right. do know outbreak of some kind actually does exist. It could is what it is. It could even be the Resident Evil online for all we know, which would be fantastic because these days we can do something like that. Mm. I should mention that when it comes to at least that specific one, I know there was some talk uh about it potentially being a mistranslation now of course i it has been a while so maybe there was a better translation but it, it's kind of confusing because yeah it, some people say it's outbreak some people say it's another thing some people say like it, nobody knows for sure the thing right. about these leaks to keep in mind also is that like it it's missing a lot it's missing I know. some games that have already been announced. It's missing, you know, stuff like that. So for, for those listening, uh, and for those here also, like, it's one of those things we got to take with a grain of salt. Would be nice to see, though. Mm-hmm. Would be really this is nice one thing to consider, too, though, is that, you know, the domain for Outbreak, not granted, yes, it, I think it's used for resistance, though, but the fact that domain, you know, was reinstated and it's alive could in theory, be, you know, this Outbreak project. But again, it could have been for Resistance. But, no, I'm just throwing it out there. One of the other ones I wanted to mention back when we were talking about Hunk was that one of the games that is mentioned is a Resident Evil Hank, which is Hunk's first name. Mm Mm-hmm. Hank Hunk. Oh, it's not Hank Hunk, is it? But See, that was another one that I was pretty sure somebody clarified and did say that that was another mistranslation where it did well, actually. Just, well, well no, just, I mean, Tunk's just a code name, isn't it? It's just yeah. Like, it's, it's not. It was supposed. To, it was supposed to be like it, it is supposed to have like his code name, like it's supposed to be called. Yeah, like, like Ghost yeah. or you know or or whatever. Or Conrad, well, imagine if it was called Hank though. Imagine like walking by on like a you know in a game well, I mean, and like seeing a game case called Resident Evil Hank. <laughs> I mean, that would catch my eye, not for the best, not for the right reason. If, if I'm gonna, <laughs> If I want to be honest, though, if I want to be honest, if I saw that and then it turned out to be the story of Hunk, oh, you get my money hands down. I feel <laughs> like for like the average person, though, I think like Hunk, like the Resident Evil Hunk title would probably stand out a bit, like because they could do like yeah. a cover art and all that. Like you'd see that, and like they could do like a sick logo and stuff like that, and you'd like see that, and you'd be like, oh, Hunk, yeah, hmm, you know, especially since remake two. It was very popular. Right. And, you know, most people probably played Force I... Survivor. Imagine yeah, if it I, was I... Hank. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for for sure, for real though, if they did a Resident Evil Hunk, if that if that leak is true, coming off of the success of Resident Evil Two remake, that's actually very smart on Capcom's end. Mm-hmm. And and I'd be excited for it because there's a lot of stuff that Hunk has been involved in that uh they haven't really explored yeah it has potential for sure i think yeah because i mean go on no i was gonna say that i think the last time that we heard about hunk in in the actual storyline was uh rockford island uh yeah that was that was um code veronica yes yeah yeah i think that was the last time that we really heard anything about hunk but other than that uh i'm thought there was something in umbrella core about him oh i didn't play umbrella course so i don't know that about that one but yeah it's actually it's actually actually a point yeah i believe um because some parts of umbrella core are canon i believe the the um the at least the inference is hunk sort of basically kind of obviously when umbrella went down obviously he came to his mercenary ways and he basically sort of set up his own uh, mercenary organization which i believe is meant to be one of the 
organizations that are featured in uh in umbrella core i believe he's meant to actually mm -hmm. be basically controlling one of them yeah yeah there, there was that i mean whether it will come up in canon is up in the air because you know umbrella core kind of didn't exactly do too well but we'll 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 see uh yeah. but yeah there was that i think my my worry if there is an outbreak free and they're actually considering doing it is that they're under a bit of pressure um and also the fact like they're not going to get a second chance of this they've kind of done almost everything else except an outbreak file too between umbrella core and raccoon city and resistance they've kind of tried and done sort of every other thing other than an outbreak remake um now that's a conscious choice because they know they could have done it but they've decided not to in a way um, it's kind of their fault too because not only for like the spin-off things like with the experiment with other stuff like it didn't successful on top of that though we got to take into account of resident evil 3 remake you know people are now skeptical of capcom remakes now so they gotta yeah, like yeah, pretty yeah. much to, prove to, people wrong two two people were skeptical of but i think to a wide enough audience the game was good enough that it was it was fine although there were issues to be had but the game as a whole had enough positives to kind of overlook those those same sort of negatives were there in free when the positives weren't quite there, and thus the, the game got um, sort of a bit bandied about for that. Um, but the, the the danger is with an outbreak remake is that people there are going to be people around who are going to be fairly opinionated about how an outbreak remake should be done. Um, mm -hmm. The ultimate reality is that there is no one way to do it. Um, there are some different avenues that you could explore. Um, I would argue one of which they did explore with Resistance. Um, ultimately, though, Capcom. Um, have not got a great track record of doing this sort of thing, um, and that comes with its own its own areas. Do they try and do it in house again? Do they try and ask another company to do one of these side games? How much do they commit to it? How much do they how much money and effort do they put behind the company to get it done? And ultimately, if they do an outbreak file free and it's not very good, then you know to a lot of the um sort of the the hardcore base. And sort of people that have been fans of the series for a while who know more about it than say your casual gamers, they're gonna be a lot more offended than just your generous person down the street who played Remake 2 because they saw a load of ads for it and it looked pretty good, and enjoyed the game. Um, you know, so it's it's a different kind of um base they're targeting. This is a file free is not gonna be a game specifically for just general people to, to blast on. It's gonna be ultimately one that's gonna be more directed either intentionally or not towards people that are fans of the series already i don't think it's going to get a lot of mainstream appeal um and obviously with that means that people are going to be a lot more critical probably of the game than they would do normally as well so it's a very tricky ground that they're embarking upon if they are going to do it of course i want them to do to do it and to do it incredibly well but the track record is running against them um and that is something that I... does need to be concerned of my two cents on on the matter is it should be developed in house so that we have quality control but then hire an outside party to handle the servers and everything to keep it running but you have to push constant updates for it keep it live it would be it would have to be a sort of mmo style online game where you are a, trying to survive as raccoon city instead of playing as one of the characters have it be, uh, you know, create your own character, but still have the other characters in the game 
that you can interact with and make those characters canon and give us the stories for them. Yeah. Well, I think of that. I think of something like, say, like Dead Island, for example, is the impression I sort of get of that sort of game. Whether that would work, I don't know. It's something you'd have to just put together and play around with it. Um, I kind of enjoyed Dead Island for what it was um but i never thought too much of its multiplayer it was kind of just like multiplayer was single player but with other people it needs to be more than just that i think realistically um so you know it's something that i wouldn't be surprised if they go down that ground because there's clearly a desire for capcom to do something like this which works otherwise they wouldn't have been on like this fourth attempt um, with resistance they've tried a lot of games in different forms and none of them have really worked yet but they've kept trying now whether that's because they just want to make a really good game in that genre or they just think it's a way to make a shitload of money is you know depends what you think um, but clearly there is a desire to attempt to do that and not just make single player standoffs um, they see the business in doing it and doing it well so um, it doesn't shock me if they are um, but i would it's hard not to be a little bit um, anxious about what they might do for it. Um, I would still argue that resistance shows that there are elements that can definitely work, although resistance as a whole obviously has not worked. Um, when you drill down into the mechanics of the game, there are some mechanics of it that I think work really well when things were balanced correctly. It's just that the problem with resistance is that it fell apart very, very quickly on a balanced perspective. So um, simplify the game. Um, and make it obvious what you're trying to do with Outbreak. Don't get too overcomplicated and creative. That's what post-game content and DLC is for. Just get a solid, a solid base game working. This is how Dead by Daylight worked. It was not a complicated game when it came out. It was very simple concept. It was simple in execution, and they got that refined to an absolute fucking T. And then they expanded upon it gradually over the course of years of additional characters. If you don't get that core right in the first place, you have no chance. And that has been the problem, I think, with a few games like this that um, Capcom have ultimately been a part of. I think they've been probably too ambitious for their own good. Yeah, right. I mean that this is this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> I have to yeah. say, we could go on for hours, but I don't. I, I that would be too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I, I don't have much else to say except you know we'll, we'll keep an eye out for more news. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe when this uh, this 25th anniversary stuff comes out, you know, I mean, if they were to do that and suddenly start having about a potential outbreak free, I would be sitting there thinking, holy damn. Um, but they should really get British done first. <laughs> I think that's their priority right now. For sure, for sure. All right. Um, I think we should definitely go ahead and wrap this up now because this thing going on a little longer than expected, though. But we had some pretty good conversations that you know probably need there's to be There's some big said. topics. There's some big topics to chat about, and some you know, and it's all fairly relevant. You know, a lot of these price issues that keep cropping up with this series. Um, it happens a lot. Mm, for sure. All right, and that concludes our spoiler stuff, though. So I'm gonna give back our um, main man boss up in here. Hopefully, he's there. Hello. There you go. I will summon All right. back. We're finished with the um spoiler stuff, so I guess now we can do outros. Yep, we can do outros. So, uh, Mr. Brando, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Mortal Brando. You know, that's a special. I retweet silly shit, Resident Evil stuff, you name it. Um, Goetian Games. I'm sorry if I keep getting your name wrong, but... Goetian. Call him Saitama. Ocean. 
Yeah. Saitama. Yeah, Saitama works for me. <laughs> Uh, you can you... find me Goshen Games on YouTube or Twitter. Awesome. I think ne next time I think you should just come on and just call yourself Steve. Can't get that wrong. <laughs> Steve. Steve. Next we have Black Shadow. Yeah, um, you can find me as always youtube.com slash blackshadow993 uh, twitch at black underscore shadow underscore 993 every Sunday at the moment for pretty much the rest of the year doing outbreak streams because I got so many subscriber games given to me over the course of months at temper it's going to take the rest of the year to complete them all so what a month <laughs> i mean i've already done like three streams and i'm only halfway through them I, I got like 30 games of this game to play with double stipulations and my randomizer it's it's kind of crazy that's a lot to you next up is harold uh you can find me on twitter at mr cool Manus, and also on youtube by the same name Alright, and since uh, Mr. Dom is here, I'm just going to plug him. You can find him at BioDevil underscore Dom on uh, Twitter and I assume YouTube as well. You can type that in and you can find him just fine. Um, you can find me at Twitter at RenOperative underscore. You can find me on YouTube at Renegade Operative and Twitch at Renegade underscore Operative where I will be probably trying to get this podcast done as soon as possible for thumbnails and tags and all that and then um probably going to do more bond night maybe silent hill or metal gear that's it uh when we have more survival horror news because we are going into december uh when they talk more about village we will be on it obviously um uh, we look yep and we look forward yeah. to seeing you guys there so we're going to end this podcast now and hopefully you people take care see you remember TDFNs. winter is coming oh for goodness sakes there's werewolves <laughs> eat them Ah, <laughs>